Tomahawk, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. It's I like to movie movie. My name is Garrett Smith, and my name is Dan Scully, and I would like to offer a hearty bone tomahawk as well. Uh, thank you, Dan. It's a pleasure to be here, uh, bone tomahawking the night away with everyone. Yep. That's, yes, uh, indeed. That's what we do now, and uh, well, oh god, it's weird. It's a weird week. It's I think such we a weird week. I literally, I, I like, I was like, how do I? I almost said like, I, I almost it. made a Trump's America joke, and then oh, I was like, ah, no. I don't want to talk about that on this. Well, we're not in Trump's America yet. No. And you know what? I'm gonna keep it simple, and I'm just gonna keep it like this. Yeah. Midterms are in two years. Yep. You can do something yep. then, and you can do a lot. And it, it it sounds like it's bad, but go go to the midterms, and if you do it right, everything will be all right. I, I will be uh, voting in as many future elections as possible, and stickers. I think that's a positive uh, outcome of this in its own way. Yep, uh, absolutely. So, and, uh, you know, and uh, as we are sitting here already having to discuss that, because we can't, dis- can't not discuss that. Uh, what oh, was if we it? have any Trump supporter listeners, too. Oh. You know... Thank you for voting if you voted. Yes. And congratulations. Yeah. We're all going to figure it out, and yes. I will work together. Yeah, we're, we're ready to move into the future That's yeah. uh, and, and see what we can do, see what we can accomplish together. That's, that's, Can't stop it. That's what it is, that's how it is, and that's what we're here to do. Yes. Uh, and that's how Dan and I that's feel about That's not what it. we're here to no, do. No, 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 no. We're here to talk about movies. Uh, but kind of the reason we even still have to have that conversation, yeah. or because we're having that conversation, what was it, 48 hours after the election, you and I sat down and went to see Arrival yes. uh, and ended up having <laughs> some of the incredible. best conversation that we have had, I think. Uh, oh, about movies. Uh, yeah. About movies, uh, uh, about uh, uh, a movie that gave us something to... Literally about like the state of humanity. Yes. It got deep. Yes. It's going to get deep. It's going to get deep. Uh, we're very excited to talk about oh, yeah. Arrival. Uh, I, I would say it is easily one of my favorite films of the year. Oh, uh, hands down. Yeah. I'm going to see it again, uh, probably in short order. Uh, and uh, before we really dive deep into discussing it, it's a tough movie to discuss without spoiling. So as usual, we're going to spoil the ever-loving shit out of Arrival. Uh, it but is people who haven't seen it yet, you got five minutes for yes, us. We're, we're going to give we're... you a rundown and tell you that you should see it, yes. which is really all we need to say. But uh, then go see it and then come back and you'll be happy you did. Yes. Uh, but before we do that, we'll just get some things out of the way. Follow us on oh, Twitter yeah. at I Like to Movie. That's the number two. Oh, uh, find us on Facebook.com slash I Like to Movie. Uh, you can email us, I Like to Movie at gmail.com. We love to hear from you, hear your thoughts about this movie, hear your thoughts about anything you want to talk about, recommend some movies that you want us to watch and talk about. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, you know, join us in the discussion where we, we keep building a, a larger and larger listener base every week. I want to discuss uh, this movie with all of you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like I really, really do. The, the more of you that start listening, the more we get excited to talk to you guys about this stuff. So please send us your thoughts because we are going to get real deep into this. It gave us a lot to talk about, especially after the election. I think this movie is extremely relevant. It's exciting because it's relevant, but it's also exciting because it's relevant beyond the the oh, political yeah. conversation we could it's have good, about it's it. It's a good idea. Yes. <laughs> there's, there's it's, a good, it's a good idea. There's also a good idea at the heart of it. it it's some of the the headiest sci-fi I've seen in oh, a yeah. movie in, in years and uh I, I you know I really appreciate that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That that's the kind of science fiction I like the most, I think. But it's not Zaps and Zakawis. No, no. It is uh it is definitely just a human drama. Yes. But there are aliens in it. Uh-huh. So that's the caveat there yep. which yep. I'm sure you figured out. I, the thing I most want to talk about before we get into any spoilers yes. is just the craft of the film. So, Because I really want to say the director's name. Yeah, please. I think I've got it. Okay. I think it's Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve. Den, Denis Villeneuve. Oh, Not yeah. Not Denis you, you, Villeneuve. You, you, yeah, it's, it's, 
It's not Dennis Leary. Yeah. He spells it with the one N, like penis. Oh. <laughs> Dennis Leary is the only other one like that. Oh, really? Penis Leary. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, so it's Denis Villeneuve. Oh, I uh, love his name. Incendies, which I have not seen. I've not seen that. Bad bad news for me. Um, Prisoners. I've not seen that, AKA but I hear great things. Hugh Jackman, career best. Yeah. Uh, Enemy. Loved Enemy. We did an episode on that. Check it out. Oh, yeah. Sicario. Uh, which I liked, I didn't love. I think it's great. It's yeah. just kind of lost to wash in a sea of masterpieces. <laughs> and then and then we have Arrival. Arrival. Uh, Denis Villeneuve. Yeah. Try, try that on for size. Uh, Denis Villeneuve. 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 I always want to say oh. Villeneuve. Ah, sacre bleu. Yeah. I mean, it might be that. I, I think that just sounds more fun. Denis Villeneuve. Den- that sounds like he's like the star of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is, but he is in a way. Yes, and he's uh, he's going to direct Blade Runner too, I believe. That's yes. uh, next on his uh, on his doc. Blade Runnerer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Blade Runner. <laughs> Blade Runner. Uh, but uh, I think this you know, is probably crazy. when we saw Doctor Strange. Yeah. Uh, I kept thinking like Benedict Cumberbatch, good old Cumby. I didn't yeah. love him, but he a little bit. He reminded me of Harrison Ford. Oh, because I don't think Harrison Ford is like an incredible actor, yeah. but he is a great one. Yeah. And, uh, I would so say I was trying to buy into that. I would say it sounded like he was doing an old man Harrison Ford impression. Okay, well now <laughs> now I hate it. <laughs> like his American accent was straight up. I'm talking yeah. as slowly as I can. I need to do this to make sure none of my <laughs> accent sneaks through. And then it would. Yeah, yeah. Every once in a while, he's uh, like, the, I'm he's... just speaking with very good diction. Uh, yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. I would have much rather a British uh, Doctor yeah. Strange. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But anyway, I liked that movie, actually. I think people should see that as well. That was a lot of fun. Uh, But uh, anywho, so Denis Villeneuve is an amazing craftsman. Yes. Uh, One of the things that I thought was so cool about Sicario, Mm -hmm. at the very, very beginning, one of the first things is a shot. Yeah. Uh, One of the first things is a shot. There's a shot in this movie? Yeah. But it's a shot of... From the bottom of a plane flying over uh-huh. uh, the, I guess it was the Mexican border. Yes. Because it's a tiny little shadow of the plane. Yeah. And this big, awash, expanse of land. And basically, that is the thesis of the whole movie right. in one thing. And I feel like you have to look at every shot because he's doing that yeah. all the time. Yeah. Just visually establishing the thesis of the film. And I saw a lot of that in Arrival. Th- there's a ton of that in Arrival. And there's all these great... Uh, he plays on the imagery of other alien arrival movies, mm-hmm. uh, but in sort of creative, inventive ways to tell us more about the humans that are the center of the story. Absolutely. Uh, which I really, really enjoyed. It reminded you me come of Spielberg out of it in that way. Knowing very little about the aliens. Yeah, exactly. Which is, well, okay, I'm not going to get Yeah, there yeah, yet. yeah. But uh, yeah, it is very Spielberg yeah. because. I think that it does include all of the things that we love about invasion movies. Totally. You know, big looming ships yep. over the small landscapes. Yep. Um, we love communication scenes, which is a big thing. Totally. We love crazy, weird little physics uh-huh. that, that you know, freak us out. It's, it fits all of those things. The only thing it doesn't have... It does have an explosion. Never uh-huh. mind. So it really does have it, all of the. It pieces, actually has the check marks of never about that. Yeah, the cover of this movie couldn't be the White House being blown right. up by an alien ship, which right. is that's literally the poster of Independence Day. Right. You think about how huge that is. Yeah, there's nothing like that, and there's no. everything like that. Yes, exactly. It's a really interesting tone. It's shift. interesting. You're right. It checks off all the boxes of the summer blockbuster alien mm-hmm. invasion movie. Without ever being or feeling like a, a summer blockbuster alien invasion It's like movie. the best sci-fi romance, yeah. and there's no romance. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's wild. It, it's really, it, it's so interesting. Uh, so I'll say this. This is a thing I can say with, without having to talk about the movie. I have not, quote-unquote, watched a movie like this in a long time. Mm. And I mean that, like, physically watched. I was 
fascinated and like enraptured with this movie. I just, my eyes were bouncing around the screen the whole time. Mm. Every image I was like searching and focused on and, and sort of wildly fascinated by. I haven't had that experience of just being completely like drawn in and captivated into a story in a really long time. It was, or at least this year, I feel like. It it's was weird. The, the last time I like really was like, wow, what an experience with the movie. And it's so dumb. It was War of the Worlds. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I think a little bit of that attributes, because I felt the same way. Yeah. I think a little bit of that, I have to credit where credit's due, yes. is uh, I love Alien Invasion Of course, movies. yeah, it, me too. It could be the worst one ever. Yeah. And there's something about the excitement of disaster mm-hmm. where everyone's... You already see where we're going. The yeah. excitement about disaster, yeah. where something that is agreeably bad happens and everyone sort of bands together. There's yeah. something exciting and inspiring about that. Yeah. Um, they captured it in Pacific Rim, a movie oh, yes. that I didn't love, you know, but it, it was still there. Um, it, it is it, it is a lot of my predisposed like for, for alien invasion. I agree with that, that, yeah. But that is also what I believe would have me turn against it if it decided to be too artsy-fartsy. That's a good point. Tra- and I would have turned against it. This this definitely has its cake and eats it too in that way. It does, you know, which because like my love is influenced by all of that prepackaged love, but then it earns so much more on a on a different level. One hundred percent. Like we saw it with a pretty crowded theater, I would say, like which is awesome. It was great. It was you know uh, Thursday night in South Philly for a movie like this. I actually didn't think we were going to get a a a big crowd, but we did. We had a really nice kind of like a large, and there was like. Very diverse. Crowd. I would say it was a diverse crowd. Yeah, super diverse crowd. That's and so wild. Everybody was really enjoying it. Everybody yeah. was laughing with it when they when when it wanted us to. And and uh, there's a particularly tense sequence in it that you and I were like really tense oh, throughout. And I, I felt like you could feel that. the whole theater get tense in that moment and feel the relief we were feeling at yeah. different times. And uh, so I actually think it achieves that crowd pleasing blockbuster alien invasion thing more so than most blockbusters uh, yeah uh, like I at saw least that i've seen day two alone oh god and me too the theater was not it was you know it was, it was a movie that i actually generally enjoyed but like it wasn't like no that no and arrival doesn't need to be that and it still was yeah exactly oh, it, so. <laughs> it was a real experience like I, I it was thrilling to watch and it gave us so much to chew on and talk about afterwards uh which is going to be the bulk of this this show uh, which I'm very excited about. But uh, I that, to me, it's like, yeah, that's why I go to the movies. Like, this is mm-hmm. the kind of movie where it's like, this is why I go I've to the movies. I've forgotten about that a little bit. Right. I watch so many movies alone, plugged into my iPad right. with my headphones yeah. in. Yeah. Like, and I read a clever tweet about it afterwards, and I'm like, great, that's my engagement with this movie. Which is so cheap. Yeah. It's so limiting. Yeah. And, and it's weird, because I do get uppity about people being chatty in the theater. Yeah, yeah. And all that stuff. Yep. But this was one where there was no chattiness, but there was... There was reactivity collectively uh-huh. without uh-huh. interactivity. Yep. It was, this is why you go to movies and you forget. I'll watch a movie alone and then I'll just tell people like, hey, I just saw this movie. And they're like, I haven't seen it yet. And it's like, yeah, it's not really out yet. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll talk about it in it, a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it yeah. Is out. It's, and it's, it becomes insular and, and I think it can rot that way. I really enjoy the, the I, feel, I feel back. Y- yeah, you know, exactly. That, you know, it was yeah, it really ignited my uh, my love of movies, you know, which is like only gross. That's why I love horrors because yeah. it's always in a big exhibition format. Yep, and I forgot about that. Yeah, you watch shit alone, and you're like, huh. yeah, yeah, and it's you know the my my love for movies grows deeper the more of them I see, but to see as mm. many of them as I see, I watch a lot of them alone. You know, I don't get to have the collective experience. I also watch a lot of things like quickly whereas people don't always get to them as quickly so like you know that jim gaffigan joke where he's like hey i just saw heat who wants to talk about heat i feel like everyone else is always that guy with me because i saw the movie a month ago Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's like it's a blessing and a curse. Yeah, yeah. And side note, that literally happened to me with Heat. <laughs> yeah. And I, the joke had been out for years. I was yeah. very familiar with it, and I had never seen. I've heat. still not seen Heat. I'm going to have that. More moment. nervous about seeing <laughs> Heat. I have it. You can borrow it. It's wonderful. Yeah. We, we should do an episode. Of I would it. love it's to. Great. I would love to. Uh, heat's Heat is why you forgive Michael Mann for Black Hat, which in hindsight <laughs> I've even come around on. Yeah, because yeah. It's kind of just ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, it happens. It happened with Heat. I watched it, and I was like. Man, I, if I ask anyone if I want to talk about it, it'll be just like that joke, and they'll think I'm doing it. It's impossible. It's untalkable. Yeah. But here's the thing about Heat. Yeah. People want to talk about it. <laughs> it's good. That's why that it's joke real. works, I guess. Most of the time, like, I just saw Heat, and people are like, really? You just yeah. fucking saw that? What about the time where Val Kilmer's doing it? Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> so Heat's good. Awesome. <laughs> Guys, see Heat. Yeah, see <laughs> Heat. Uh, and then come back here after you've seen Heat and Arrival do a double feature. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's time we get into the meat of uh, of Arrival. Yeah, so if you haven't seen it, go see it. Come back, because yeah. we're going to get into spoilers. Yeah. Uh, You've been warned. Yes. Uh, and really, don't spoil it. It's really fucking good. No, I actually, I think it's, it's really like best good. experienced uh, without our words ahead of time. Yeah. Uh, go see it, and then, then come back and listen I, to this. I don't even know why you listen to us anyway. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> All right, go. Uh, well, I don't know. Where do you even want to start with this? Because our our conversation was ultimately very much election fueled, and I don't think we need it to be. So I don't know. I don't think I want it to be. Right, me neither. So I think it's a it's a moral beyond that. Yes, exactly. On. So communication. That's where we should start. Yes, and I think that's a big theme in in alien invasion movies. Uh, uh, yes. And only lately has the concept come up. Uh, we we've actually thought about alien invasion as our technology progressed. Yes. Uh, they wouldn't come in ships. They would come with drones. Yep. You know, the same way that we... Mars is populated 100% by robots right now. I hope you guys know that. We live in a time where only robots live on Mars. That's fucking great. Uh, but it... it and I lost my complete yeah, the, train of the, thought. The Martians are, uh, are robots. Oh, yeah, the, the Martians are... I don't know. I lost it. It's no, gone. Uh, we were doing communication. Uh, oh, and that's the thing now is we've, we've started to think about alternative forms of communication. Yes. It's not... Uh, you know, take me to your leader. Oh, right. you know, it's it's none of that, and it's not just translating words. No, and this is the first one that I think captures that idea. You know, like because in every movie it'll be like, oh, the aliens seem to be communicating, but how? Yeah. They must be psychic, and then they are, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. This or, tries or, to really go deep into the why and how of that, and had me have an understanding more about just how language is even created. Yes, the the way communication is explored in this ultimately gives you an understanding of communication as a concept, mm-hmm. not specific to this alien race. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it is they are specifically you hit me with a hard earnest there. Yeah, uh, you know, know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> know what I mean? It just had that accent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, know what I mean, Vern? Uh, Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they it, it's it is specific to the alien race, right? Like the yeah. we, we get very in depth into their language, how it works, what it looks like, what it sounds like, the differences between the written and spoken language, mm-hmm. uh, and how they might express different things. Uh, and uh, but that's exactly why it's so universal because you start as as more of it unfolds. Uh, one of the things you and I talked about is uh, Amy Adams' character isn't just having to translate an alien language and learn to understand it. She's also having to figure out how to communicate what she learns from it to to the the military uh, who have their own code and language that they use to speak to each other. It's doubly hard because anyone who's not, because she plays essentially a language genius. She's a linguist. A linguist. Anyone who's not the best linguist in the world might have a hard time understanding it. Then add the language of the military as well as the, the... uh, restrictions of the the bureaucracy of yes. it. 
she has to translate it two times. Yes. From the aliens. And then as a filmmaker, Villeneuve uh-huh. has to kind of translate it to us. Yes. Uh, which without he does. being expository. Right. Uh, which he does very successfully. And actually, uh, exposition. There's a literal expositional montage that does not feel like that. I could not. I was just going to yeah. say that. I couldn't believe it. That was like. The kind of thing that, uh, you know, like ever since seeing adaptation, anytime there's voiceover in a movie, I, I like hear it as potentially you problematic. Probably should never watch Dexter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is narrated. It, yeah. You uh, should probably watch some of well, I, I watched the first <laughs> season and really liked it. I, yeah. I don't always hate narration, but there's now a ping when I hear narration, yep. you know, of it's like, of oh, things. this might yeah. be bad. Yeah. It was incredibly well handled, and I couldn't even explain to you why. I don't exactly know what it is about the it's way he did it. It's just straight. It, it almost when it when it happened, I almost thought it was going to be. Um, did you see Starship Troopers? I did. When they would say, "I had to get a big belch out there, guys, <laughs> drinking some PBR." Woo. Ooh, they're not a sponsor. I shouldn't do that. <laughs> um, oh, it's gone. I I riffed off of it again. Oh, uh, Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers. Yes, uh, they they give you a, a window into the culture of Starship Troopers as well as expository dialogue through like almost through viral videos. Yes, right. There's all the, the news movie. reports and stuff. This started to feel like that, and then it just kind of floated away from that. Yeah, there was some kind of craft that turned it into a classy documentary about yeah. aliens, but it also didn't feel like a jump to this is the document. You know, it wasn't right. when we go animate it and kill Bill. Right. It wasn't a, the next chunk. The movie takes on a weird. It's very straightforward. It's very its own thing. I, I'm trying to think of a way to describe it. It is broadly expositional, but uh-huh. it's it's a conversational about it in a way. Well, it's also, I mean, the nature of it, because it's about so much about communication. I mean, that it, it's mm. Dan and I are not making some like wild assertion here that only he and I are going to see in this mm. movie. This That is clearly what this movie is about, is communication. And I think because it's about that, and it explores so many different kinds of communication, that when you start to get expositional voiceover it's just a new form of communication yeah. it's like oh this right this is another want way to learn it so yeah much. it doesn't feel like they're glossing over you know the same thing oh the aliens are allergic to water we've learned you know, right if it's spoiled now that the it doesn't because you actually want to learn it feels yeah. like i'm learning new stuff right um, and, it, and it's from, not your standard alien movie we are checking off the tropes but i, I struggle with it's it's I communicated with this movie. Right. Yeah. Well, it also, like, you know, it is exploring different kinds of communication down to, like, you know, there's also the classic trope that you already brought up that, like, we also hear news reports. Mm-hmm. And so we get certain information from news reports. But he also uses those to show the way that um, the military throughout the movie is basically keeping information from the public. Mm-hmm. So uh, there are these alien spaceships that are on the planet. News cameras have them spread all over the planet are news of these aliens here, but the military is releasing no information to those news outlets. Mm -hmm. So they're just spreading their own misinformation about what's happening to rile the public, and the public starts to panic over the course of the movie. Mm. So we... And what's weird is the movie is not that interested in the public. No. It's only a a thing that gives it a sense of urgency as things move along, where you're like, oh, the, the... the world outside this does exist, but it's not the, the story that we're telling. Right. The story itself is not focused on that. But what I like is because he's showing that stuff, one of the things I think he's trying to do is show us, like, right, this is the way that communication can be misused, mm-hmm. right? Communication can be used to rile a public well, more with a lack of information. Communication can eventually be reworked. Right. Yeah, right. Reworked to, to basically sell an, an agenda of some kind, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and because eventually that public panic... Uh, which is from its own miscommunication, leads to one of the soldiers getting a phone call from his wife, who's very panicked about him having to work directly on the alien thing because she doesn't know. 
She has so little information, and she's only able to communicate with him over a phone. Uh, she is very panicked, and that leads to him wanting to kind of like protect her and give her a reason to feel better and feel safer. And mm -hmm. that leads to him doing something he shouldn't do and leads to, you know, one of our favorite scenes in the movie, the, the explosion scene. Mm. Uh, and, and so it's like it's all these layers of communication that he's that he's sort of divulging to us uh, and the way that more or less information uh, you know, some of the characters have more information than others, uh, and with more information, sort of comes more understanding. With less information, comes less and, understanding. And I think what 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 allows that to happen is the aliens are actually always good, right? They never do anything wrong, or benevolent at least. Everything they do is completely benevolent. Yeah. and seems completely proactive. Mm -hmm. uh, it does not feel like there is any sort of confusion coming from their end. Yeah, you know, they're they're very confident, they're very knowing, and they're yep. very kind. Yep, and. You know, even with that explosion and stuff like that, anytime the humans fuck up, yeah, there, there's never any reprimand. No, and that's that's what kind of fuels that fear in right. the humans is we fear that if we do one thing wrong, right, there's going to be a reprimand from these aliens, right. But never once do they break that. No, and so and they don't because that's not the story, right? And they don't even give us an indication that they would. Yeah, no, we're just afraid really of that. Yeah, and they're not necessarily the kindest looking aliens. No, you know, they're, they're certainly very mysterious. They're mm -hmm. very you know, distinctly inhuman. Yep. And and I would say clearly advanced. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, they did yes. get here. So they, you, they're you, clearly, yeah. they're not in drones. Well, and even, uh, you know, one of the, the, the great sequences in the movie is um, the first time they get on the ship. Mm -hmm. uh, or the first time Ian and Louise, right? That's their names, Ian and Louise. The first time they get on the ship. This has been a long time since I've been able to name characters out of a movie. I know. That's a good sign. Yeah. Uh, and they, that first like end... Colonel Forrest Whitaker? <laughs> right, yes. Yeah, the Colonel. That's all I remember. Yeah, I, I uh, but they, they, when they first get on the ship, there's that change in gravity. Yeah. That shows us that, yes, this is an advanced technology. Oh, and even better technology. than the change in gravity is the fact that we ride up to the bottom of this sleek... Apple earbud, yeah, uh, you know, super futuristic. Looks uh, like a spaceship. contact lens. We ride up on a on a uh, small construction elevator. There's just yep. it, it's the best clash of, and then you know, then we're yeah. born into it with the uh, the, the crazy gravity. Yeah, shit. the change in gravity, and yeah. the, and I think that is you know, it, it's like you said, it's like well, they got here, so obviously they're advanced. But I think that entrance into the ship is like, oh, they are, they're very advanced. Mm -hmm. You know, like I think that's supposed to be a clear indication of how truly advanced they are. That they are, because they also make a reference to them also having to sort of generate their own atmosphere inside mm. of the I'm ship. I'm just going to bring that up. This was actually very heavily scientifically researched. Apparently, the science checks out. Whoa. In all the theoretical science, at least, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. we know. And that was one of the things that they that they talked about, how they, you know, that, that's, that's a great scientific thing that yeah. is advanced science. Yes. The reason why the door that we can go in only opens, what, every 18, 18 hours, hours? Is because they got to reset the atmosphere to be friendly to human bodies. Yes. Yep. That's really cool. Really, really interesting. It's an interesting application of science. Yep. It creates the ticking clock because yep. we only have every 18 hours to go in. Exactly. And it's mysterious. Yes, yeah. Like, that's really good scripting. Uh-huh. And it, uh, it's also, you know, they're behind that glass pane where they seem to have their own atmosphere of some kind mm -hmm. uh, that helps them survive. And uh, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, you're right. I, it's, it's a I imagine that's yeah. what that sort of mist is, and that mist is I a creative read the mist as their as their communication medium. Oh, interesting. Right. But I mean, you know, maybe that is something that maybe their their planet is like that. Right. You know? Yeah. So, 
I, well, I took the mist as sort of an atmosphere thing, and what's great about it is that's a brilliant choice to indicate that the difference in in like their biology. They have to have this different sort of atmosphere and mm-hmm. ours, right? But also How that humanocentric is it of me that I just kind of figured of the area that the humans were in as like, oh, that's that's where that's our our room, right? But it's right. like, no, that's an observation bubble. I think so. You know, that's crazy. I think so. Humanocentric, developing yes. it. Humanocentric. It's ethnocentrism, but for the whole planet, yeah. it's a new form of of. It's the next level of social tears, it's, my friends. It's coming quick. It's coming quick. Get ready. Yeah. It's gonna get, when that wall goes up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a literal wall between us and the aliens. Yeah. Uh, but I'm uh, actually kind of into that a little bit. <laughs> Just a little. The Wait, what? What are you into? A wall around the earth to protect oh, us. From oh, it. yeah. I'm kind of into that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, that's it's fine by me. Yeah. <laughs> a shield uh, for we the planet. We ruined the natural one. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take a metal one. Yeah. Uh, but they, uh, uh, the idea of that mist, also, it's a creative visual choice that allows them to sort of mask the aliens in mystery. Mm-hmm. The effect of the aliens gets to look a little more realistic because there's always this floating mass around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sort of a really creative choice that accomplishes a lot of things, like illustrating deep science to us but also kind of masking some things so that the visual is even more impressive you know mm-hmm. it's uh that's a that's that's a great choice it's a it's a good marriage of material and director yeah yeah which did, have you looked up the screenwriter no i forget he wrote like final destination five <laughs> uh, he like wrote just like a bunch of just like kind of genre yeah you know, I'll, I'll look him up yeah kind of like genre stuff that all of it is like oh that was pretty good yeah and then he just pulls this really you can you can work to get real good. Yeah, you know that's although I well, this is based on a story though as well. If I'm it not is mistaken, based on a story, yeah. but I mean, oh, it's still I, I have to read the story still, yeah. but I cannot imagine it could just transfer to screen. Right, right, There's right. an interpretation here that's that's I, very prominent. I was going to say I would think at least getting this to be such a cinematic story would be uh, uh, difficult in its own right, especially because uh, we haven't even gotten into uh, sort of what the ultimate uh, reveal of the movie is, uh, which which we'll get to a little later. Uh, Listen to what this guy wrote. Yeah. His name is Eric. Uh, I'm going to pronounce it wrong. It looks sure. like Heiserer. Okay. Um, so he wrote the Thing prequel. Oh, yeah. Yep. Which is like... I haven't seen that yet. Okay. Well, I would they, like to. It's, it's very interesting. Yeah. There's actually... They, they do a really cool, interesting sci-fi uh, concept. Because when you morph, it like purges your clothes and stuff like uh-huh. that, like in the original. Yeah. They check for fillings and teeth. Ah, cool. People looking at, you know, there's yeah. a scene where everyone has to check for yeah. fillings. That's smart. That's pretty clever. Yeah. Did Lights Out. Oh. Which is a... Uh, I, I haven't seen that yet, but I've heard interesting if things. If you got to write a movie out of a literal two-minute short where yeah. you're just taking a jump scare mechanic and expanding it to 90 minutes... I had a bad experience with the theater. Theater experience, but the movie yeah. did work on that level. That's cool. Did the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, which oh, I, I hated. I will get to that. <laughs> but uh, I, it is worth watching. Yeah. So yeah, he's in Final Destination 5, which is yeah. the one that has like the... the I heard the ending of that is, is yeah, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. So he, he knows the gimmicks. He's yeah. clearly worked the gimmicks. Yeah. But this is somehow like classy. Yeah. So maybe the marriage of those gimmicks to this story, yeah. to this director, that yeah. is very heavy on visual thematics. It's a it's, a it's a confluence of talent, you yeah. know, uh, and uh, yeah. Well, and so the down to the actors too, guys. There yeah, absolutely. Uh, but so what? I the, the thing that I thought was like you know I guess most interesting to me throughout the movie is it is exploring this idea of communication. It's exploring this idea of uh, breaking down the meaning of of uh, things, right? Like the meaning of mm-hmm. words and language. Because the aliens have a very complex language where one symbol 
does not mean one does not translate in a one to one ratio to one concept. Mm-hmm. One symbol actually encompasses sometimes dozens of uh, of subjects or meanings that you might get out of it. Uh, and I thought that was a really creative way to sort of talk about this idea that when we communicate with each other, um, the words we say are not everything. Well, there's, there, there's a. I'm gesturing with my hands right now as yes. I struggle to come up with the with the concept. There, there's multiple ways of of communicating, right? And um, you know, a single word can have a different. You know, uh, the word cool. Uh huh. You know, if I'm like, oh, it's cool outside. Yep. You know, and I and I shrug my shoulders yep. and I rub them. Everyone knows that it's that it's that it's cool. But if I go, oh man, this place is cool. Right. And just because I shook my head at you yeah. and did that kind of voice yeah, thing, you did a little, yep. using the same word cool takes on a different meaning. Different meaning, yeah. And where our culture seems to be more expressive, mm-hmm. the uh, the heptapods they were called, yes. they seem to be more intuitive about it. Yes, their ships are bleak in design. There's no uh-huh. artistry. Right, you know that's how that's we gussy things up. Sure. Uh, to quote to misquote Pat, Pat Oswald, a signature is like taking just writing your name but making it go. <laughs> and it somehow makes things more official. Like, oh, it's more. Oh, you wrote your name on it with a huh But we do that. that yeah. That's kind of a very human thing. Yes. And one of the cool things that separates the aliens from us is that there is none of that. Right. They're just big tentacled-looking things. Mm-hmm. They have no facial expression. As far as we can tell, very little expression. Very little anything, but their language yes. is very, very artistic. Yes. And they're a little bit more intuitive. You get uh-huh. the feeling they can kind of read. You know, well. The, they are more intuitive. We, you know, we're in spoilers, and we can talk yeah. more about it. They can see every all time. Yes, yeah. So yeah. that's they, a really cool thing to go from unfamiliar, and then throughout the movie become kind of the hook. Yes, uh, because that's yeah, that's the big reveal of the movie is that their language itself. Um, uh, this is sort of hard to explain, actually. Now that I'm trying to think about it, is so expressive. It's sort of beyond us. Yeah, it's beyond us, and it's ex- it expresses things in such a way. That uh, so one of the concepts they talk about, which is a real concept in the movie, is that when you learn another language, uh, it actually starts to change the way you think in general, mm-hmm. or it can, uh, because thinking in another language uh, again, a, a language is is not just a way to express a thought, but it, it's a way to express a feeling as well. You, you it expresses so much mm-hmm. uh, in, in its own distinct ways. So a different language, you know, uh, will actually express different uh, feelings in different ways. Uh, and so when you learn another language, you can learn to sort of think differently because mm-hmm. you are sort of expressing yourself in a, in a different, distinct way. Mm-hmm. And so because this alien language is so complex and expresses so much uh, in, in more contained, I guess, uh, uh, symbols, uh, ultimately they think in a way that allows them to see the past, the present, and the future mm-hmm. sort of simultaneously. And they talk about it early on in the movie. They mention some like theoretical. I don't want to say syndrome, but like like an effect. Yeah. And it's when you start to learn the language, like yes. you were saying, you start yep. to think that way. I I asked because people often ask the question of people who are blind. They yeah. Say, you know, when you dream, are there are there visuals? What do you see? Can I do you get the concept yeah. of visual? When you know, to deaf folks, is they, do you do you dream with sound? Right. You know? I've had dreams that that in hindsight felt like they were fully animated. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And, uh, and uh, the uh, and so. So you, uh, here's a prime example. I come across a lot of names at my work. Sure. And I have four years of Spanish under my belt. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't want to get too deep into it, but when I have, uh, you know, two Spanish names next to each other and I'm supposed to read it as this person and this person, I actually, in my head, it automatically uses the E instead yes, of yeah. N. It yeah. always goes there. Yeah. 
and I'm sure that we can speak to a dozen things going uh-huh. on in my brain there, but yeah, Hector I Ianita. Do, I do believe that exactly. I do yeah. believe that when you know a little bit of a language, you can start to think that way. Yes, uh, and I think that what the you know uh, in a very direct way, what the movie is expressing there is this idea that um, their their language is expressing so many things in such a way that then they're thinking allows them to actually literally see time in a different way and experience time in a different way. So as uh, Louise, Amy Adams' character, learns their language, she actually starts to experience time in a different way. The ultimate reveal of the movie is that she doesn't time travel per se, but she is able to see events past She's and Dr. future. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She sort of experiences time in an almost simultaneous way. And what that allows for is for them to then sort of explore this even deeper idea sort of beyond communication. Communication seems to be the theme of the movie for the bulk of the movie. And it is. And there's plenty to talk about there. That's very fascinating and interesting. But ultimately what the movie then gets to is this idea that she then sees her future in which she has a daughter. Which has been presented to we us already know the whole this. movie as the past. This almost isn't even a spoiler. But it's a, well, well, we're in spoiler territory. Yes. What I love about that is that that is such a classic, you know, shitty trope. Yep. Where it's just, oh, yeah, well, actually, this, you know, the time is different. Yeah. He's already dead, you know, and it was all, it, it's, it's almost, it was all a dream. Yeah. But it, and, and you can predict it like halfway through. Uh-huh. But the reveal still feels revelatory. Oh yes, because you've it has taught you a new concept. Yeah, and, and it feels revelatory because so yeah. So the movie actually opens with us knowing that she had a daughter. Her daughter died of cancer. Oh, and it's brutal. It's brutal. It's brutal. That and, really and and it's simple and it's it's the most basic way you can do it. Yep. And, and, Ooh. And it establishes the, those that sucked too because I was already oh. in a bad mood. Yeah. And at the end of that, I was like, "Is this how tonight's?" Gonna I know. Be? I know. I don't want a punishing movie. Well, and the movie is not. It's this very oh. hopeful, revelatory Super experience. Hopeful. I think. Uh, and, and but so it, you know, and it sets up the classic emotional stakes for a, a sort of hero character, right? Mm-hmm. They have lost someone. They oh, are yeah. broken. Next wife. I have a dead kid. They're, that's always the thing. They're broken, yeah. and they're thrown into this. Uh, global disaster situation where they're going to get to repair what's broken about them through helping the world, right? Mm. That's a pretty classic summer blockbuster oh, yeah. setup. For that's the story of Doctor Strange. That is the you know oh, what really I mean. Is, yeah. That is the that is our bare bones basic hero story. However, what the the reason it still feels great, even though you can kind of predict it's going to happen halfway through the movie, is that is such a revelatory way to use this concept, which is. Yes, we know that those are the stakes for her, the emotional stakes for her. However, she didn't actually. She went. That's actually her future. That yeah. is not her past. And she didn't know that's what was going to happen. She eventually, through learning this language, sees her future in which she has a daughter, and that daughter dies of cancer and has to decide, I do want that future. Yeah, she yeah. has to decide that in the long run, future. In the, exactly, in the big picture, all these little problematic pieces do build a big picture that is a worthwhile, genuine thing. That the journey itself through all of those terrible hardships also lead to the joy of having this daughter Mm. and experiencing things with this daughter and learning things from this daughter. Ultimately, one of the things that helps her solve the big problem in the movie is remembering something that happens in the future with her daughter. And shouldn't... That is the exact kind of thing that in your standard blockbuster, I'd be like, oh, fuck you. Right. Are you giving me a time loop? Right. Okay, well, I'm giving you a... Yeah. 
it really, really, really worked. Yes. And and when that happened, instead of being like, oh, this fucking thing, which in the back of my head was there, it was like, oh, good. <laughs> She's going to use her future. But I love that it's her also making a choice to save humanity. Yes. But I, I do like that it's not just I'm a good hero no. face, you know, saving humanity. She is also growing. It's it's a completion of an arc where she, you know, she becomes very okay with loss for the sake of of you know the journey. Uh, yeah, of uh of the greater good which doesn't even mean saving the planet as much as it means the greater good of just her life, mm. her experience of life, that the the all of your communication with life generally. All of those experiences lead to culminate in something worthwhile. Mm. I, I think is kind of the thing that it's, it's classic getting Seuss to. quote, don't be mad cuz it's over. Right. Be happy cuz it happened. Right, right. Love that. Yeah. Anytime any any person or animal has died in my life that that's like the best that exus yeah and that that's actually you may have hated jews but guess what buddy (laughs) you've changed my life for the better with that one phrase and that is a great sort of reduction of what happens in this movie you could explain what happens in this movie in that Mm -hmm. one sentence that that is sort of what she has to learn um but uh that's also the great thing is like you do have these big global stakes where she does have to decide to save the world but those stakes are very personal for her in a way that I don't think I've seen them in a big blockbuster situation like that. I never thought like of that. it in terms of, oh, she's got to save the world. No, me neither. I just thought of it in terms of, like, you know, how do I reach these heptopods? Uh-huh. Like, yeah, that's, I wanted yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, well, and also uh, uh, the idea that, like, she has to decide that she's, uh, she sort of has to decide she's going to have a marriage that's going to fail, that's going to fail because due to due to sort of her own failings themselves, which is another thing she has to learn. She has that great line that we both really enjoyed. Where she's like, I just realized why my husband left me. Oh, that was so... <laughs> it's funny. It's, we'll yeah. get to it. Uh, you know, the, she has to uh, decide that she's going to have and lose a daughter. She has to decide all of those things are worthwhile for, like, saving the planet. Those are very personal stakes for this much bigger thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. I, I can't think of other movies you know that have those kind of... I want to see it again is to see, like... The first scenes where she's teaching a small class, yeah. it seems pathetic because right. it seems like this woman really had it and lost it. Right. I want to. I want to see that now in a different tone, right. where I just know that she's just she's not yet fulfilled. Right. Yeah. And and that that in its own way can be a kind of defeat. Right. And you know she's she's doing very well, but it's it's lonely. Right. Yeah. And they tell her like, "Hey, you're the best in the world." And she's eh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it, that's a. I want to watch that with that lens. I know because I bet that arc comes through fuller because she. We don't see her as an accomplished person who lost it. She's just someone starting off. Exactly, you know? and and the accomplishment almost doesn't come till the daughter. Yeah, you know, like that is her big accomplishment yeah. is is the daughter, and that's uh, you know, that's in her future. That's it not saved, in her saved past. The world that saved her. It yeah, saved, yeah. It, it's so fascinating to think about. You know, it's. It, you, you and I had this rough night of having to talk about everything that was happening and how we were balancing all these different ideas and all these different thoughts. And what do we do in the face of what feels like insurmountable hardship, but is actually just an expression of different ideas uh, uh, coming to sort of a... a Finally uh, being heard. Yeah, and but like it's a, an opportunity. a peak moment. Right, but... It's an opportunity. It's well, and that's, that's what the movie sort of helped us, I think, learn is like this whole movie is about communication and mm-hmm. how communication should be absolute paramount. You know, I mean, there is a great sequence in this movie. That's literally what sets us apart from the animals. Yes. Is that our ability to communicate with one another is more pronounced than theirs. Right. You know, they can all communicate with mm-hmm. one another, but 
were that's why dogs rose to the top of the pet list is mm-hmm. because they're very close to having that personality. Right, right, being able to communicate uh, in a way that goes beyond mere uh, uh, needs. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, a mere base needs. You and know, that, and that's that is really what rose us above the animals mm-hmm. is that because of that we did develop empathy. Right, and we did develop sort of. You know, the question everyone asks is, are humans inherently good or evil? Right. And I think that we're inherently good, but I think we started as just inherently uh, surviving. Yeah, we're yeah. Just, ne- just neutral, boom, benevolent. Boom, boom. Like, there's, you the know. fact that we developed to good is a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this movie really kind of paints that whole picture. Yeah, it, it's... Um it explo- you know, there's this great sequence in the movie where the whole thing is about communication, communicating with the aliens, learning their language. How do we figure out why they're here and what they want? Uh, but that communication theme extends into all these other things, like we were talking about with the news reports and stuff. But there's mm. a great sequence where they, the aliens have landed in 12 different countries 18. around the... 18? I think it was 18. Okay. 18 different countries around the world. And so that, that's fine. Uh, so there are, are 18 different world leaders that are all communicating with each other, trying to get information that they're learning from their experimental uh, meetings with the aliens. Everybody is getting these 18-hour windows to go meet with the aliens in these different uh, countries. And they are, we, at the beginning of the movie, we're all exchanging information. All of these nations that might otherwise be at war for different reasons or whatever are all exchanging information and trying to learn what they can from each other's scientific meetings go with, with the 12, aliens. I can't 12, that's it. fine. Yeah, yeah. So they're, you know, they're exchanging information. But then there's a point in the movie where one country gets too scared and decides to cut off communication with the other countries. And then three more countries follow suit. And suddenly we get this crate, and it's a, it's a very simple, but it's a great image. There's we uh, we are always in the American base camp where we see twelve different monitors for each of the other countries. They all go disconnected at a certain point. Mm. We stop communicating with one another, and then we see the news reports ramp up in their panic, their global panic of what's happening. What, are the aliens about to attack us? We're about to attack the aliens. It's the same thing that's happening with with the news, where they're just yes. like, now that we don't have the information, we have to come up with our own situations, yep. so we can be ready for all of them. Yep. And and the miscommunication ends up amplifying things when like things are, and that's why it's so important that the aliens are benevolent, is because yes. things are fine. They're fine. And that's where the urgency of the movie comes from, is that yeah. we see it as because we're seeing it from uh, uh, Louise's point of view yep. is just everything's fine. Yep. Just keep learning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we we just we have to keep communicating. But it's the same. The moment we stop communicating is the moment things get bad. And it's the same thing that they do in other uh, sci-fi movies, where there's a wall of screens. Yep. And it's like Paris just went down. Right. And there's yeah, explosions yeah, yeah. in Paris. Then. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh no! China just exploded. Yeah. And but this one was just. They're all they're all scared and yep. they're all shutting down and they're going to do their own thing. Yep. And then now, now we don't have to just worry about you know possible response from the aliens it's like you know one of these one of these countries could just blow everything up right now we don't know right so uh, it's it real defensive and real urgent yes uh which we get to i mean this is just a great excuse to talk about i think what ultimately was probably our favorite sequence in the movie is we get to where it turns out america are the ones that end up pulling a trigger on the aliens yeah no yeah. N- ultimately nobody else ends up doing it not in that big of a sense. No. It's just a couple... It, it's, it's a small... It's a panicked faction yeah. of soldiers 
That's more of an extension of the people from the outside. Exactly. Because I think the, the big response from the countries, luckily, that, that staved off for long enough. Totally. Like China, there, was, there was none of that. China is who ultimately poses the biggest actual like army yeah, threat, yeah. where they are going to... And I, that, for a second, I was like, this is kind of weird. Yeah. You know, this, just a modern sensibility is like, this. are we, are we calling Chinese volatile when, right. they're, when they're an ally? Right. But they end up, you know, it's... They're only going through the same thing we are, and that becomes very, very clear. Yes. But I love that no country ever does break. No, No exactly. country for old men is also <laughs> a good movie. But no country ever does break. Right. Everybody does ultimately hold out in hope for peace. Yes, you know, yes. Not we don't know. We get real no sense of, of what the other uh, areas of We don't know their day-to-day. -day. We have no idea. A handful of information shares, but you know, everybody... Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah. Every everybody is able to keep their foot on the brake for long enough. Yeah, but they're all holding out just yeah. a little bit longer. There is a great sequence though they're where like, America's got Amy Adams <laughs> and Jeremy Renner. Yeah. Give them five more minutes, please. Yeah. yeah. Forrest Whitaker's in charge. <laughs> it's gonna be fine. They're like, oh, 20 minutes. Go. Yeah, yeah. Let him do the... is, is he gonna do the eye thing? Give him 30. Yeah, he's gonna work the eye. Doesn't work the Doesn't eye. Doesn't work the eye. Forrest Whitaker does not work the eye no. at all in this. It's, Crushes it. That's yeah, good. Very, very subtle. Different uh, form of communication from our old friend <laughs> FW. Uh, but uh, uh, there, the, there's a sequence where, like, three American soldiers, uh, I talked about a little earlier, they become panicked because of the influence from the outside. Uh, the news is causing panic in the public. One of the members of the public is one of the soldiers' wives. She only gets to know what information she gets when she gets to talk to her husband for five minutes on the telephone. Mm. Uh, she's so panicked. He, to, you know, I guess take his fate and her fate into his own hands, decides we've had enough. Enough is enough. We can't keep doing these negotiations with the aliens. We don't know what's going to happen. We're afraid it's going to be bad. We're going to put a bomb in that ship and just blow them up. Let's get the one that's in America yeah. out of America. We know how to fight. Yep. Let's just, let's just, let's just let's take care of it. The line. We'll do yeah. it ourselves. So, what's cool about that phone call, too, is that it's not... They don't play it like a bickering wife come nope. home. They don't play him as just like kind of a, an edgy guy trying to do something. Nope. They play as very real people, and she just tells him she's scared. I think they do reference that he has kids, uh -huh. and he just silently takes It's very real, very believable, oh, yeah. and 100% forgivable and understandable, yep. at least in the decision to do something. And it also, yeah. it, it's great motivation for that decision. It's yeah. like there are, I've seen many movies like this where it's like, I don't get why they decided to do this thing. You know, like, Actually, Independence Day Resurgence is a great example of literally this movie is that one scene where the president just goes, yeah, let's shoot a missile at him. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's it's that scene for an hour and a half. It's like a two-hour movie about yeah. that scene. Uh, but it's a talking Pokeball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's wild. Uh, but it is... Uh, when it chases the bus at the end, though, yeah. that visual was great. It was pretty I cool. I picture that all the time, and I remember being very impressed by that. It's pretty that, cool. That was cool. Yeah. Stupid movie. Yeah, there are interesting things in that movie, yeah. but it's not a great movie. Very well-made shit. Yeah, uh, but it, it is that, uh, you know, I don't buy it in, in Independence Day Resurgence when America goes like, yeah, 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 fire a missile. Let's see what happens. Just yeah, fucking yeah. shoot them. I, I don't buy that decision. I completely buy what happens in Arrival with that soldier. It, it is so well motivated by just that one phone call because it is such a real moment between two people that are afraid. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're afraid because they don't have a lot of information. The communication is not great. And he's taking back control in the way of like, you know what? If this causes the world to end, whatever, I'll get home. I'll take care right. of it. Thinking basically in the short term. Yep, yep, exactly. Not looking at this larger picture. Like, mm. the, the lesson Louise learns at the end that is such a great lesson to learn at the end of the movie is the bigger picture is what's important. We really mm. have to look at that big picture. 
And the only and act humanely within it. Yes, and you the know, only I'm way not to... talking about genocide no, for no, 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 cleaning no, 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 up no. the the environment, guys. Yeah, I know you were thinking that. That's <laughs> not what we're saying. No, no, no. Uh, but also the idea that like, and the only way to see that big picture like wholly is to be communicating. Is to mm-hmm. the, the minute we cut off communication and stop talking about something and 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 cease conversation is is the minute panic starts to ensue and 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 things. Uh, People get shot. So yeah, things tend to get dark. Uh, and we actually never see that scene either. Uh, we no. see it from inside the the human learning pod of right. the heptapod ship. Right. Which uh, let's you know let's just get into the scene. Sure. Yeah. This is the the literal ticking time bomb scene yep. that happens in every movie. Yep. Um, not only did I not feel an inclination to count along with the clock, no. which I always do because I'm checking it to be fake. Yeah. I trusted it. Yeah. It is just a, they're trying to get something done before a bomb goes off. Yeah. It is the most basically presented ticking time bomb. It really, really works. So intense. I never wanted to doubt it. I never wanted no. to, and I bet it, and I bet it does line up because Villeneuve's classy shit. I was up. so thrilled by that yeah. sequence. So, I mean, it's a lit, it is, it is so straightforward. It is the soldiers put a bomb in the ship with the aliens and then our heroes, through a matter of circumstance, just got to be on that ship, and they only need five minutes. And yeah, guess they have what? A real good idea. Yeah, the bomb is set for five minutes. So now the soldiers are like, "No, you, you, you can't go in there. Please don't go in there." And but they can't now reveal they engage what they've in a done. Ground battle too. Yes, that that's a really cool effect. Yeah. That's a scary moment because we never see it. Nope. Uh, we do see them unloading the guns off of a oh, truck, yeah. and it's like, "Fellas, stand your ground." Yep. You know. We got to do this. And we, that's a really cool thing, too, because 30 guys were probably just on board mm-hmm. having the same conversation mm-hmm. with their significant other at home or whoever, mm-hmm. you know, their mom at home, whatever. Yep. All we hear is a tick, 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 tick. And it treats our characters in the the human pod to kind of look at each other like, what's going on? Right. You know, that's and that's a great moment. But that also adds to the tension that, you know, this bomb is definitely going to it's go off. It's going off. And there's also a ground battle. Yes. So there's like, but we never see the ground battle. And not only is there a ground battle, but the information that they're getting, I mean, it, you know, it's, again, it's like classic movie setup where it's like, of course, this confluence of events where they need this information, so they got to be on that ship, and there's already a bomb on the ship that's already set for five minutes. We realize very quickly that the information they're getting is really important. It is really important, it's, and there's no way they can get it. No. Yeah. A, 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 it, once that bomb goes off, this is all lost, and this is the key. It's like, it is the moment where it's like, it's so thrilling because it's so tense. You know where our main characters are probably about to die. And this bomb is going to go off, which might cause some sort of cataclysmic event between us and the aliens. We don't know. It's so thrilling because of that. But it's also thrilling because we're getting to watch them get this information that is so key. Oh, that you want to see? You yes. want to learn this language? Yeah. I, and I, I also felt, too, when that happened, I was like, that, that fucker's... <laughs> That French motherfucker's going <laughs> to kill both of these people. I know. I thought the movie was going to take that turn, so yeah. I didn't doubt it. Yeah. Even though they were our protagonists, right. I didn't doubt it. I know. It was so exciting. That's And what ultimately happens? Oh. They poop them out of the ship yep. before any shit goes down and contain the explosion because the heptapods are so good. They, they can, it's, it's, you know, what is revealed later is they can see all of time, so they knew this explosion was going to happen the mm. whole time. So they are basically able to divulge the information that they want Louise and Ian to understand. They realize Ian and Louise are there with now the tools to truly understand them. 
They deliver them everything they can as quickly as they can and eject them from the ship just before they'll be injured by the explosion. Mm. And it also just, but in the moment, it feels like, oh, these aliens are very quick to right. react. Yep. You know, because we don't know that. Yeah, yet. we don't know that that's until afterwards. Cool. It's, yeah, it's really, really that's exciting. That's the kind and cool. of thing, too, where it'd be like, why? Where I'd want to reject it. I'd want to rage against it and be like, oh, the aliens knew about the explosion. You just shoot them out of the right. ship. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. It doesn't feel it doesn't that feel way like in the, the moment. Way. I was like, no. oh, good, they got out. Yeah. I wonder how, what the reaction's going to be. Right, yeah. No reaction from the aliens. Classy, right. guys. It's, yeah. Actually, th- okay, this just popped in my sure, head. Sure, please. So ultimately, the aliens do say, we did this because in 3,000 years, humans do something for us. Yeah, like, we are going to need your help, so we're here to so, help so you. So are they acting entirely in self-interest? I, to some extent, I would say that's, so. I mean, it's definitely the inspiration, but that's... Yeah. That's interesting. But so, but okay. So then, the the flip side of that would be, yes, they might be acting in self interest. That they realize, well, we're going to need humanity's help in three thousand years. They're going to help us, so we need to help them. It may be in self interest, but maybe the ultimate lesson to learn from that is it's in everyone's self interest to yeah, ensure yeah. everyone's. Yeah, I guess they could conceivably see an even bigger picture. Right. Just you know, you know, a million years in the future, like if they can see everything. Right. And they're trying to keep it up. That's pretty hopeful, right? Exactly. Yeah. And it, the idea that like it's it's just it's in everyone's interest that we all are trying to work in each other's interests. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That it's like the classic. Well, we'll help you because you're going to help us. Quid pro quo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, and that's even. Um, I mean, it's it's not quid quid co pro. I can't even say that phrase. Quid now. quo pro. I have a difficult time uh, sometimes. You have to be Anthony Hopkins. What is the uh, no sum zero game? Right. That's uh, z- one, a zero sum. I think it's just a zero-sum game. Zero-sum game, right? Yeah. That's like the key phrase. That's kind of a... a, a more sciencey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a more sciencey version of that, though, right? It's yeah. just like, yeah, there's... You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, that is... That's interesting. It's, it's so 100% funny. even trade. Right. And it's, an, it's a 100% even trade where the only benefit is the experience of the trade. Right. That is communication. Yes. What is talking to somebody, but a you lose exactly as much as you gain in terms of expenditure, uh-huh. but you come out of it with something greater just for having... Right. You know, that's that's a distillation and, of that theme. And whether that be an agreement or a disagreement or some greater understanding on one side or the other, you came out with it with more. Mm-hmm. Even, if, even if what you come out with it, even if coming out of it, all you have is, yeah, I really do disagree with that. You now have a more... Con- that's a more concrete, solid, more than you came in with Yes, mm-hmm. I do concretely now feel like that I don't agree with. That's not a negative. That's a positive. That is a product. It is a product from it, but yeah. there's it, it it makes the case for progress just being so easy. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. It's so easy. Yeah. All it takes is everyone to care. Right. And talk to each other and it right. gets a little bit better. Yeah. A little bit Which better. A little bit better. Is and not easy, is it turns out. Oh, it's not easy. Uh, it's very difficult. Evidenced by she's gotta lose a daughter. She's yeah. got you know what I mean? It's like the like the, it is a struggle no matter what. Uh, and ultimately, what she says to uh, his last name was Shang. I don't know what his rank was. We'll call right. him General Shang. Yeah, yeah. Is his wife's dying words. Right. What were they? Do you remember? It, what, they were. Uh, That's my fake Japanese. I, I, I hope I didn't say anything crazy in Japanese by accident. And uh, no, it's it's uh, some uh, uh, Chinese uh, language that she says, and it is. Uh, oh fuck! I'm gonna screw it up. 
translated, which they don't translate in the movie. This no. is something I read on Reddit, yeah. so it, it could be completely false. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. but I, I think it is true because it is a classic phrase that has been in many... Right. And it, know, it ties into some cookie. other things that happen earlier in the it movie. It says, war does not make winners, only widows. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's, you know, the complete absence of communication is at its most, you know, a shallow loss. Right, right. You know, at, at its least offensive. But communication is a zero-sum game. Right. Where it, there is nothing lost. Right. Nothing lost but time. Right. Which we find out doesn't really exist. It's, right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nothing but time, but you still do gain something tangible. You know, intangible, but very valuable from right it. valuable yeah exactly god i fucking like i could not have i went into this movie the the day leading up to this movie was so hard for me and i was having such a difficult time processing things and coming out of the movie it's i, so I, I haven't been more hopeful it, you know it was like yeah. it was such a cathartic experience to see something so uh it it, it was so I was so wrapped up in it the whole time, which was great in and of itself. Like it's just one of those well, great movie experiences. With the movie. Yes, this, if you eliminate ticket prices, right? Uh, it is a zero sum game, right? You know, they it is giving us a message, but because we feel interactive with it, yeah. we are communicating with it. Came out with a little something, a lot of something. I yeah, I mean, I I felt uh, I still am sort of reeling from the positivity I, I got from this movie. Yet. No, me neither. I can't figure out where I want to start. Yeah, me neither. It's gonna be this. Just listen to this podcast. Right I know exactly. It's uh, I will just post a link to this over and over again. All work and no play mm. makes Jack Link. All work and no play <laughs> makes Jack Link. <laughs> Jack uh, Link's beef jerky. Our newest <laughs> sponsor, guys. No. Uh, it's uh, I They're don't not know. Our sponsor. Just want to clarify. <laughs> I'm still reeling in positivity from the experience this movie gave me, and not just the experience it gave me, but also I really like legitimately feel like I took real positive things away from this oh, movie absolutely. that I have been literally enacting in my life since, you know? like, And it's also just an in-the-moment good movie. Yeah. So it does fulfill the blockbuster. Totally. We should talk about the crazy theater experience that we yeah. had at the end where I was able to see through time. Uh -huh. the, uh, there, was, there was a young man behind us that was uh -huh. looking for something after the movie, and there was just the three of us left in the yep. theater. The kind of guy that normally I would say, sucks to be you, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah hey, you lost something? See you, bud. I gots to pee. Don't care. And so, no, that didn't happen. Nope. Uh, the first thing that happened was Garrett was like, are you looking for something? Yeah. And we all pulled out our cell phone lights, yep. and we were looking, and he said he was looking for a... Uh, a Metro Pass. Uh, a Metro Pass. Now, earlier, during one of my 10 pee breaks before the movie, <laughs> as I was walking to the back, um, or maybe it wasn't earlier, maybe time all happens at the same time. <laughs> I'm not there yet, guys. I only <laughs> just started speaking heptapod. But I saw the Metro card. Yep. And so when we were looking for it, I was like, I think it's back there. And sure enough, it was. Yep. Communication. Oh, he, the ability to see time all at once. Uh -huh. These are the things that will save us. Guys. It, but it was crazy because it was such a I this whole week since the election, I have had this weird experience of uh, treating everyone around me much better mm -hmm. uh, and almost not intentionally. It's like this is my body's full on reaction in its own right. I think that's to, a natural reaction to the election, first and foremost. Yeah. But it was. That would have faded. I, and yes. I think the the punctuation of of arrival, yeah, you know, brought it back, brought it into full force. It really brought it into focus, like what Cynicism I was already feeling. Strong, but right. this pushed it back very, very exactly, delicately and forcefully. It was like my body was was sort of naturally reacting to be better in the face mm -hmm. of something that I feel is that for me feels so bad, right? Um, and then this movie put this sort of like this very. Uh, this real face on it that was like, no, that's you're right. Like this, you that's you are, 
you are already walking a path to to something better, to more hope, to more progress. Uh, and because of it, it was like we turn around and this guy that I probably would have ignored for you know any other movie experience because I just got my own shit to do. I was like, oh, let's help him. How, how yeah. long is that going to take? Two minutes? Let's help him. And then we talked to him, and we talked to him for like five for, minutes. You know, and he boom. Was, uh, would you like the movie? He was like, yeah, I love the movie. We had a great conversation about it. It was you know he it was said, like just a positive. Quote, that twist was crazy though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't say that. Uh, it was a it was just an all around positive experience that yeah. we got to have with uh, another person, just a stranger, just you know. It's the best line in the movie. Yeah. Is, uh, after Amy Adams has granted the gift of seeing everything, yes, uh, or, or at least has started to understand that's yeah, what's happening. Her brain's to her. starting to work that way. Yeah. It's that syndrome we talked about. Yeah. She asks Jeremy Renner. Yeah. She says, "Hawkeye, can I call you Hawk? <laughs> if you could see everything, how it all begins and how it all ends, would you do anything different? Now you be him." That uh, and he says, uh, "Well, I might say what I'm feeling more." Yeah. Right? Isn't that what he says? I think he says, I think I'd say what I was I th- yeah, I think I'd say what I was feeling more. Yeah. Something I, like that. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I'd express That's why I pitched more. it to you. I was yeah. like, you you pulled it out the first time. I, I don't know. remember. I, well, and I think she says, like, would or would you change anything? Or would you right? She yeah, says, Yeah, yeah, yeah she's change changing anything. anything. He says, Well, I I'd probably say how I felt. I'd probably say how I felt more. Yeah, yeah, that's what he says. I'd probably say how I felt more. He'd probably communicate what's going on. Exactly. More. Exactly. Like, that's, even even though, and I, I've come to the decision, I don't think he fully has that ability. Right. I think he just has better insight because he's starting to understand the language. Sure. But he was always the one that was on the, you know, like on the iPad looking Super at it. Science. Looking it up. Yep. Where Amy Adams was the one who. A little uh, more Louise, intuitive. Well, she actually got to reach into the fluid yeah. and make her own, you know, make her own communication. Right. Right, so, yeah, yeah. You know, she she, she most directly a, communicates with Exactly, them. exactly. Yeah. And she's just the best linguist in the world. Mm-hmm. And... And she's she's not very sciencey. He's the sciencey one. Yes, right. And uh, you know, it, it, she had uh, one of the first things she said uh, when they first hired her mm-hmm. was, "Well, I can't translate what you just like." They played a recording of it. Yeah. She's like, "I can't tra- translate that. I would have to be there." Yeah. And they're like, "Come on, you know, we don't we don't want to let you in. Just yeah. tell us what they said." And she's yeah. like, "I got to be there. I need to be there. Need to be there. I need to experience it. I so need needs, to truly communicate." So she got that. Yeah. And g- I don't think he got the full picture of everything. Right. But he got he got the theme. Yeah. At the end of that whole experience, he said, "I would say what I you know, I would communicate more." Yeah, exactly. What he's saying. I'd, yeah. I'd be better at talking to people. Yes. Yeah. That's uh. God, I I just could not think of a more important thing to. It shows it in effect from the biggest communication possible. Yes. You know, protecting the world, c- talking to everybody. Yeah. Down to the smallest communication of just trying to get the colonel to understand. Yeah. You know, but there was value to it. Yeah. The, the fight for the communication was ultimately what saved us. Yeah. So many times they were just a stoolbarg, the curmudgeon that he oh, is. Oh, God, he's so great in this. He's I eat- just like, well, you know what I think? I think I let's blow it up. I got to go have dinner with my wife. <laughs> and he, he would function as that guy. He doesn't actually say that. No, in no. In the classic, you know, Pacific Rim, he'd be doing yeah. that. But it, it's... The breakdown of communication is when when things go tits up. <laughs> I always wanted to use that, and that's then I blew a, it because per- I got well, too excited. But that's a perfect place to use it. But it even down to that level, it champions the communication. Yes, do it. Yeah, exactly. Don't hit somebody. Talk yeah. to them. Yeah, and also like uh, you know, I think it, there's a little bit of like yeah, and it's messy. Like sometimes it's messy. Sometimes we don't understand each other. It takes like the movie ultimately plays out where it's like what do they spend like 30 days almost trying to figure this stuff out think about that that's a long time to have 
UFOs oh, yeah. just sitting on the ground. What would really happen? Yeah. If they didn't come straight out and say, hey, guys, listen, uh, we are totally peaceful. Yeah, yeah. We are here. We In 3,000 years, you save us. It's a whole thing. Yeah. But if they if they did that, we wouldn't blow them up. But right. if they did anything short of that, within five days, we'd be blowing yeah. shit up. So it's like all of the shit. It up. takes like a month. This movie takes place over the course of about a month. And it's like because it's messy. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes communication is messy. It's not always. It doesn't it has always to be practiced. Yeah. It, it, yeah, exactly. You, it has you, to be rehearsed. And, and it, some people are very bad at talking to people. Mm-hmm. Some people are better than you should be at talking to right, people. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, someone who's good at sales is good at. Uh huh. But it, it needs to be rehearsed. It's yeah. not just something you have. It right. has to be used. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh it's it's worth I think the idea is like it's worth that sort of messy process mm-hmm. to get to eventually some clarity. It's better than blowing someone up. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah. Cause I you know, I think ultimately it's like uh a clear communication of ideas does not necessarily lead to, well, now we all think the same. That's yeah. not even the goal. It's just Oh, now I more clearly understand why you feel the way that you feel. Mm-hmm. And maybe I can better explain to you how I feel. Right. Or in some circumstances, maybe I feel that way now. Right, yeah. You know, uh, or at least our understanding happen. of that feeling allows us to have some sort of middle ground, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and not necessarily that we agree on a thing, but that we at least feel okay, be, you know, uh, allowing. Goal. Yeah. It's yep. the same. That's the thing is every country is working towards making sure earth is safe right that is a noble goal and i will stand behind anybody right who has a good plan for making earth i'm telling you a metal shell around the earth (laughs) i'm totally into this now uh making the earth safe everybody's acting in that interest we're all going to get there a little bit differently yeah but we could probably smooth that process if we told each other what we're doing right yeah it's uh right exactly if we shared more information and we were we we worked towards more effective communication where ideas are more effectively being communicated clearly uh mm. uh yeah i just this movie makes a great argument for communication is paramount in all things uh and uh i cannot think of a more important thing to be talking about right now yeah you know more information's better yeah. Inconvenient information is information. Yes. One of my favorite things about Mythbusters is every once in a while they'd fuck up and they'd always say, well, you know what? This this isn't a failure because we have more information now. Now we know that it explodes when you do this. Right, you know, right. Now we know this. That that always stuck with me because yeah. it's like it's more information. Right. That is, that'll prevent this from happening we again. We know more than we knew before. Mm-hmm. Good or bad, we know more. We know more. It might have sucked getting it. I may have yeah. had to talk. You're going to have to talk to assholes. It's going to happen. Uh-huh. It's going to happen. I'm going to talk to you one day. I'm a little <laughs> bit of an asshole. So get ready. But we're going to come out of it better. Yes. I, I think, yeah, it gave me real hope for, uh, you know, a, a positive future that just comes from uh, listening more mm-hmm. uh, as much as it comes from trying to also communicate more. Stand up for what I really do believe and think, uh, but also be uh, open to listening to what others feel and think, you know? I think there's... There's a lot of people that are just haters that just hate, right. but I trouble I, I trouble you to find me a substantial amount of you know I, I th- of people who just they just hate all things that are different. Right. I feel like short of those extreme circumstances, which in the big picture there's n- there's not many. Right. Everyone just has different ideas about about making everything better for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's just different. Yeah, you know, I think we're inherently good, is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's that's no definitely where I come do, down. We're always inventing something to make things better. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, we gotta hold on to that, and we could we could speed it up if we stopped being being 
peepees to each other. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, if we if we were a little more open to some real communication, I think uh, we we could speed that process up a bit. I think it's um it's it's one of those famous Lao Tzu's. It's one of those Tzu's. Sure. Where uh, he says uh you know there, there's true strength in entertaining an opinion without you know advocating it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, and that's a complete misquote. But yeah, I think yeah, that's, yeah. But you know, that's thing that's valid. Uh, I, I catch the drift. Yes, yes. Yeah. The uh, Tokyo drift. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, jeez. That was so many levels of offensive and dumb. That's. I'm just surprised it came from you. I, I but it was a good joke. Well, I didn't even. I literally only said it as the title of a Fast and the Furious yeah, movie, yeah, yeah. only to then realize we were already like sort yep. of mispronouncing an Asian name, yep, and we yep. were yeah, it we was, were in the temple. So yeah, to speak. we exactly. We had right, already. So it's even now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, now we've effectively communicated a poor idea to each other. Yes, yes. And you know what? I'm going to effectively communicate this. I'm sorry if that was bad. Because yeah. even when you said it, I was like, ooh. ooh. And <laughs> yeah, I, I really do. Yeah, me. I apologize. That was very unintentional. <laughs> good joke, though. Yeah. Was, well, I it was all right. I catch Tokyo yeah. Drift. It was a good time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, listen, listen to but, us squeal. No, that's okay. Because communication is like what I, we obviously both agree that this movie's about. Mm. And uh, that's kind of another thing we wanted to continue talking about as we get into a list about uh, I don't want to do the list yet. Communication. No, There's so much more to say oh, about this me, movie. Please, we didn't even get into uh, the score, the performances, or just the craft of everything. Let's dig. Um, first, first things first. Uh, both Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner, so great. They're both playing the blockbuster role that she's the you know the uh, what's the word kind of an underdog, you mm-hmm. know, fighting back against a loss, you know, and he's like kind of the hunky scientist that if he just lets his ponytail down, we realize that he's a super hot lady, you know. It, but they are doing that, but it's it's not it's not that. No, no. Uh they you know, it turns out there's like this beautiful romance. Yeah. That's uh us. But it's never romantic. No. And midway through was when I realized, oh, you know what? Right. There's a time thing going on yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. He's actually the husband. Yeah, he's that, gonna, yeah, that, yeah. But for a while there was uh for the first like twenty minutes or so, it was like, oh, so they're divorced? Right. You know, and then it got into the like, oh, you know, oh, they're gonna fall in love. It's that uh-huh. kind of a thing. Uh-huh. So it you know, you figured it out, but it the romance was barely there. There was no romance. There was no... They hug. There was no cinematic... Ro- you know, the way we understand romance to be in, like, that classic cinematic sense. There's there's romance in the sense that uh, we're watching actual romance unfold, which is just, like, two people that work well together mm-hmm. and uh, uh, don't judge each other and have a clear just sort of understanding of each other from the get-go. Uh, it, you know, it's the way, like, romance sort of actually unfolds in real life, you know, mm-hmm. where you... It happens when you don't expect it, and with people you're not expecting it to, and mm. it sort of unfolds very naturally. Uh, and it's you, not the notebook, and you have to accept it. Yeah, right. Like she, she in a very literal sense has to because she realizes this is her future, and their relationship is going to fall apart hard in that future. Uh, but you have to accept that there is something happening here, and you have to accept the love that's being provided you in that whole. You know, that whole big idea of that mm-hmm. uh, is all right there in what she goes through. When they captured, like, first off, Jeremy Renner is great he's, at playing, you know, kind of a dweeb. Yeah. I, he is kind of a dweeby looking guy when he when he puts that on. Yeah. Um, and in the same way, Amy Adams isn't like your classic looking bombshell either. Right, They're right. Not the class- so I do. That's one of the reasons why I love her as Lois Lane. Yeah, yeah. Um, even though it's an underserved character in the in the script, sort of. One of the things well, that I, I like about her about. is that she she is kind of just regular. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe that Amy Adams is a college professor. Right. 
She is super hot. But, she's but, oh, she's very but, beautiful. You know, but I know what you're saying. She's not uh, your Hollywood supermodel. Yeah, there's, you know, they're blah, not blah, doing blah. a Monroe thing, right? It's and so I do buy that. Uh, they're they're both <laughs> they're both good leads in the way that that John Cusack can sometimes be a good lead mm-hmm. in that like. He's just plain looking. Yeah, reg- regular just guy. Plain looking. It's a regular, regular guy. So it places them in a in a level of of reality within the world. Yeah. Where I'm not expecting, you know, if Jeremy Renner ended up being the big hero at the end, sure. of it, it would have felt right. Yeah. But I, I wasn't expecting it. Right. You know, if if there was going to be a damsel in distress moment, it, it would have been fine. But mm-hmm. it, it doesn't I, I go there it, either. It didn't go. You know, yeah. it doesn't go there either. But. They are playing sort of on the need for that. Yeah. But uh, their performances are, are so realistic in that sense. I really like them Brenner's both. Brenner's great at the nerd. There's a moment when when after, it's kind of like almost literally the second where we realize like, oh, they're going to get married. Yeah. And Amy Adams runs up and hugs him. And it is the most realistic, non-cinematic hug that becomes so, like she smells him. And yeah. that stuck with me. But you know what? I get it. Yeah. I, it, it's so wild. Yeah. That, she just realized that this guy is the love of her life in some type of way. It's going to be gone. They can't, it's like the actors, I mean, they knew. It's like they read the script. <laughs> they read the, but that is really, really good intuition. But I think to be able to play that moment not as the trope. Mm-hmm. She took a big whiff of him because that's familiar now. And right. Like, that's, that's a thing, you know? Well, and that's, uh, I think that's also a big credit to Villeneuve, too, because the one of the things that he is apparently really, gra- I mean, I've only seen two of his movies now, but seems, or three, I guess, is is really good at is sort of capturing these like very human moments in ways that are recognizably human. There's something about the way he frames things and mm-hmm. the way he uses his camera where it's like that feels this doesn't feel like the science fiction movie I'm watching. This feels like the life that I lead. Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? Oh, it feels and you know, from top to bottom, from the world response to the UFOs to just those small things, it is very real. Right. You know, for something that is and out of <laughs> out of this world, huh? <laughs> is out of this world story. It is very very real. Yeah. So even when they when they spring exposition upon us like that, it ends up just being eh, that's how I would have gotten it in in real life too. Yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah. Totally. Like uh, one of the things I was uh, saying right after we saw it was I like that we don't actually see the invasion moment in this mm-hmm. movie because Amy Adams never sees it. We she just shows up at the site of one, and that's the first time we really get to see one. Uh, I and they, they play on that too when she's asleep and the army comes to pick her up. Yeah, they do the lights through the window, yeah. the silhouettes of the army guys walking up. It's there. Oh yeah, it's just not applied the way that it usually is. And I, w- I won't say this type of thing, but right. what you could expect of this type. Yeah, of thing. yeah, yeah. You get the Steven Spielberg the lights coming through the windows moment, mm. but it's not a UFO. It's the U.S. military coming to pick her up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I like that. That's sort of how he presents the whole thing. Is sort of through her experience of it. Mm-hmm. And that allows it to be a very sort of human uh, story. It, it, it's her story. It's, I mean, it's I like, don't think there's a scene with her not in it. You might be right. I wonder if that's true. I think she is in every single scene because any exposition I can think of has been a news screen that she was watching. Right. So, you know, she's a very good audience there's surrogate the, then, I guess. There's is, the is moment the that Renner narrates, so maybe that's the only time it breaks from her? That's the only time, but it's we find out that he's presenting that to the board with her. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Right. I forgot that that's the reveal of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. I guess it is. I think she's in everything. So it is 100% her experience. We don't see the aliens alone. Right. We don't see Will Smith. Just kidding. He's not in (laughs) it. You know, we we don't see anybody alone. Um, And the one time that we're, you know, so far away where she wouldn't be, she's there because it's the future. Right. Yeah. 
fascinating. Completely, but that—that's she's a really good audience. Surrogate. She's a great audience. Surrogate. That's a difficult yeah. uh, with prisoners. That's a movie with a lot of different people in it. And I guess uh, Hugh Jackman would be the audience surrogate, but there's probably about five other people. And I, I wonder if that's even a good example. Yeah, because I, I I can. It's been a while since I've seen it, but no, there's there's multiple narratives going on. Yeah, this yeah, really yeah. is a soul narrative. Yes, one hundred percent. It's it's pretty exclusive to her. It's kind of what I is. wish Sicario could have been. Yeah. Um, if it just followed Emily Blunt, that right. would be great. It would be at the sacrifice of the really cool dinner party. Yes. But uh, still, there's. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the so you want to talk the score too because the score was great. Score was really good. There was uh, now now I struggle to find the guy's name. I'll look it up. Oh, that's fine. Um, the score was, I thought, really interesting because it actually goes through like a whole bunch of different movements. There's not like a, a th- or or maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe uh, let me know if you thought any different. But I didn't think there was like a a theme, a musical theme to this movie. It seemed to There's go no through hook. a lot of different kinds of, of soundscapes. It was like a weird like digital operatic yeah. thing. But the guy who did it did, of course, Sicario, Prisoners, Arrival. Sure, okay. He also did Nerve. Oh, the, uh, I want to see Pancake that actually. Movie. It's not great, but yeah. it's a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, it's it's. Ex- I mean, it's it's totally like. What are you picturing? It's yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I did Foxcatcher. Oh, cool. Which that actually I think speaks to a lot because it is bleak. Yeah, this is a movie that is is very bleak and plain, but it's crisp. Yeah, I think would be the word. Mm-hmm. And Foxcatcher was very much that a little softer, but yeah bunch of stuff none of these things are, these are all things that i only know by oh, i've seen that poster around oh the theory of everything okay yeah which could have been the title of this movie am That's i right totally true uh, 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 uh listen to me marlon marlon brando what <laughs> yeah i did really enjoy the score but i will also say there were only specific moments that i was like in on the score that like I, I felt like there was a lot of the movie where there was definitely score but i wa- i it wasn't even really registering yeah, with yeah. me well there's there's no hook to it right uh, there's no theme to arrival right there but there were specific moments that i do distinctly recall being like oh this is like the oh, score is score. like really like when working it just for dips me. in and bite well that's once again this is i think why i love this movie so much is it's such a confluence of of just high talent yeah you know and the fact that they can dip into the score for just you know a, a memorable scene or a memorable moment yeah but then not have this pervasive score yeah, that, you're right. that is being a score. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're and right, That's actually. one of the things that always bugs me about a lot of the, the like, Avengers-lined movies. Yeah. They're, they're just, like, these just, like, bumpy, bumpy, this bumpy, bumpy. This is the bumpy. score. Well, they, they, none of them have, like, there's, there's no, uh, who did the original Superman score? Oh, uh, uh, uh. That, that was John Williams, uh, right? Williams, yeah. yeah. You know, like, that, that's a theme. That's a thing that's used. Yeah. There is no hook like that here. No, but yeah. it's still used in moments that would have that hook mm-hmm. where the score kicks in and you feel you're cued in that way. And yes. In another way, a subversion of the blockbuster. Yeah. If yeah. there was a theme, there's a million moments that work where the score does dip in. Yeah. But it, you know, it's always something distinct. Hum it out. Yeah, exactly. Well, it always felt like it was very distinct to the scene we were in. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like there was much repetition of like, oh, and here's that theme that represents this thing. It was just like, no, this is the moment we're in, and this is the best soundscape for this moment that we're in. Uh, and sometimes that was like really effective, like so mm. effective that I was like, whoa, this is awesome. Good shit. Yeah. There, one of the other things I wanted to bring up was just shot composition. Oh, God. Uh, very he recently is... I saw The Handmaiden, mm-hmm. and The Handmaiden impressed me so heavily because there's so much detail in it. Yeah. Every single shot must have taken 20 minutes to set up. Mm-hmm. 
it must have been so frustrating to be like, <laughs> worth it. It looks beautiful. That's how Neon Demon was for me. Yeah, Neon Demon yeah. is, the, and but the thing is, at the end of Neon Demon, at the end of The Handmaiden, when it all comes together, you realize that that wasn't just a applied visual effect mm. as as a gimmick. Right. It was definitely part of the plot. It was yes. definitely part of the story. And yes. I think that also applies for Arrival. I would agree. And there's because there's a couple things. Uh, like there's the one segment that that first I went, wow, that's beautiful. Was when they're it's looking down from the ship as they're riding riding up. I'm gesturing a lot with my hands, <laughs> failing at communication. <laughs> Rising up on the construction yep. uh, crane or it, elevator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'd think they'd put that in the center of the hole, right? But the way that it's framed is it's over to the right it's of to the, the hole, right of the hole. So yeah. you can also see the soldiers on the ground. Yes, this does a few things. Yeah. One, it juxtaposes the our technology against theirs. Yep. Two, it's a beautiful shot. Of course. Three, it establishes the landscape for where the battle is going to be later. Oh, that's that right. We don't see. You're totally right. It, it's completely functional in all ways, despite yeah. the fact that logistically, in the moment. It might not make sense. Yeah. But it's also the same kind of human thing where we're just like, ah, you know what? Close enough. Let's yeah. get it up there. It, it's everything in this shot that should be illogical. And it's eight seconds He's, spent on that. Uh, well, and that it's good evidence for something I think he does a lot. Like now that I've seen three of his movies, and it definitely happens a lot in this movie, he loves symmetry. Uh, which I re- I really I love. He loves like, slight asymmetry. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Because like I, Kubrick is one of my favorite filmmakers. The symmetry Kubrick uses is one of my favorite things about you know what he does. Uh, symmetry is just pleasing. It is. It's very pleasing to the human eye. I feel like Villeneuve loves to frame perfect symmetry that is offset by something ever yep. so slightly. It's it's like every one of it his shots. It gives you the I, the ability to look right at that spot. Yeah. Because. I think that the asymmetry that he likes to create is a thematic thing like that. Right. Like what I mentioned earlier with the plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our effect on this drug war is so tiny, this tiny shadow on a jungle. Here we see this, like I said, the juxtaposition of the technology. We get environment, all that stuff. When if it was just pretty, we would have been like, cool. Exactly. Yeah, But here we go, that's weird. And yeah. then it informs everything without just, us knowing it. Exactly. Your, your brain starts sort of like running through a bunch of, well, why? And what is the importance? And, you know, it, it helps you log things, I think, too, right? It's like, yes, w- I can recall so much more of this movie yep. than so many movies that I see. Yep. Because it's just so well presented like that. Mm-hmm. It gave me the it gave me the bookmark. Well, exactly. And the bookmarks help in a movie that is an actual like pretty hard sci fi dense movie. Uh, having the bookmarks is very helpful because we are going to need that information again later. There's no way we won't. Yeah. Most of the information presented, we're going to need it again later. So you need to sort of dog ear every big piece of information somehow. Mm-hmm. And he it's does a that visual visually. mnemonic. Exactly, yeah. I, we, we remembered the syndrome about adapting. <laughs> exactly. That was very important. That was literally one line in the yep. movie about yep. the, the language changing the way you think. But we were on it. Yes. We knew. They mention once in a passing walk quickly through the political building. Walk and talk. Uh, yeah, just a walk and talk sequence yeah. where, hi, I'm exposition guy. Yeah. Just so you know, they reset the atmosphere for us every 18 hours. I'm out. Yeah. And he's gone. We, you know, we, we still get that. Yeah. You know, that, that comes through. And, and that, that stuff, I guarantee it, when we go back and watch this movie, we're going to be like, oh, I know why I remembered that. This shot has this thing. You know, yep. there's like something that is calling our attention both visually and orally to that moment so that we have it. <laughs> We remember it. for the information. Yeah. That's why it's so active, too. Yeah. Uh, one of the things we talked about, the Blair Witch Project. One yeah. of the best things about that movie is when you're looking over the character's shoulders and going, did I see something? Right. What, what do I see? Now, it's applied different functionally, yes. but it's the same kind of 
you get that feeling where it's like I'm not just sitting here watching a movie wash across my face, right. assessing it, and then moving on. Like I, I mean, I want I'm, I'm wrestling with this movie. I'm discussing with, with it. Yeah. Uh, shout out to the cinematographer. Uh-huh. I just looked him up. Yeah. Uh, his name is Bradford Young. Oh. And he's he done did some cool stuff, hasn't he? Selma. Yeah. Which is, looks great. Uh, a most violent year. Oh, you told me that was real good, right? Real good. Yeah. I haven't seen Pawn Sacrifice, but oh, it's yeah, one of those movies that I imagine looks good. Mm-hmm. So nothing that, that comes across as like super aggressively stylish. Right. But, uh, you know, I think to, to Selma, uh, Duvernay is a really stylish director without being... It's amazing, actually, how mature of a director she is compared to... Like, when you watch a Fincher, he gets more refined. Yeah. Like, I feel like she's there, and I haven't seen her music video <laughs> right. days. But uh, it, the, the cinematography in that looked good. It looked crisp. We captured that space mm-hmm. in time as well as... You know, we, we captured uh, that past... That pasty look. <laughs> yeah, but then in a most violent year, I believe that takes place in like the 30s or 40s. Yeah. Captures that look too, but cool. it's very gravelly and yeah. very sharp. I, I think this is compared to those a little bit more soft focus. I was going to say, it's, got, it's a little soft. Yeah. I wonder what the cinematographer's uh, contributions are in a scene that's fully digital. Right. Because I want to talk oh, about point. that too. Yeah. The scene where Amy Adams is brought she in a pod to. Like to the inside of the the gas yeah, chamber, whatever yeah. it is that the uh, that the aliens are in, right? It takes on a strange effect. It does. Uh, you mentioned that you you and I, I think I kind of agree with you. The more I, think I thought they shot about it, with it her, yeah, right. That it's like they did shoot her acting the scene, but then it seems very likely sort of painted over her digitally. Mm-hmm. Did did like a a full on mocap of her. It looked like. It it almost had like a digital waking life quality. Yeah, where it it looked dreamlike, it looked weird. You could tell that it wasn't Amy Adams, but it was her performance. Right. So it, it was painted over with with yeah with some kind of thing. And, and, the, and probably the, After Effects. <laughs> yeah. Well, but the 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 smoke of the well, it's not smoke, but the, the you know the 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 fog the of the atmosphere yeah. of the yeah the environment there helps uh, you know it look digital where it might not be but real where it might be digital it sort of like has that masking effect of like being able to you can't really tell exactly yeah, yeah. what you're I was looking, looking at, at her hair because i love her, her hair, hair for sure i think and it looked really really cool and it was hypnotic yeah but it was definitely not real hair right but it was definitely real hair right <laughs> exactly <laughs> it yeah it definitely was yeah it's yeah i can't explain it but it, it was cool. super effective Super I want to know what the what the cinematographer's role is. Yeah, in that's that. interesting. That's I imagine they have everything to do with the fine tuning of it. Sure, I, you know, since I just yeah, don't maybe know like how keying up the color and light correctly. That was and really stuff. cool. Yeah, that's one of those scenes where I close my eyes and I picture it, and it like makes me feel good. right. Do you think maybe uh, since we think she probably did act it right? Do you think the cinematographer is sort of they like shoot and frame it and make sure like the sort of light and color sure they know what it's going to be right yeah. like that the light and the color are all correct in their version of it so that oh, then yeah. when so it applies when the, right yeah. so that then when they go to do sort of the mocap version of it or whatever they're able to sort of recreate as much as possible that same yeah, yeah, yeah. visual sense or, or whatever maybe i don't that know makes sense. yeah hey cinematographers out there yeah. get at get, get at it. us Please. answer that We'd question love to talk to you. i would like to know that yeah uh and i'm not looking it up myself <laughs> yeah not looking it up. I don't trust the internet. Internet be damned. Mm-mm. 
I bad only, communication. I only get my information from my Facebook feed. Ugh, <laughs> ugh, uh, 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 get out of here with that shit. Yeah, from U.S. Uncut, we talked about which this must too. be accurate. Yeah, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. It's one of those news, stories, yeah. those news sites with the disclaimers that <laughs> yeah. are just like, this was not real news. Yeah. You ever see those where it's always some crazy thing, like, guy poops out uh, an elephant yeah. and feeds it to Sedan. You're like, oh, this is going to be good. And then... Yeah. And it's it's from like uh, abcdnews.com. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. I always wanted to have like a, a a news site that was just headlines with the question mark. Because <laughs> yeah. the question mark means it didn't happen. <laughs> right. Because or else they would have just if it did happen, that would have been such a good headline. So they're, yeah. they're cheating. Yeah. But I would love to have just like you know like scientists prove that drugs cause horses to fly? Question yeah. mark. Yeah. And then you click it. And it's like oh yeah yeah. No, definitely not. Definitely, this didn't happen. Scientists yeah. did not prove that. Yeah, Reuters. <laughs> yeah. I want to do that site. So good. It's so easy, and it'll write itself. I like that. Any headline goes. Let's go pitch it to Clickhole. No, I'm. I'm just gonna raise it myself. Do it's it. It's gonna be called Bad Headlines <laughs> that sound like good headlines but aren't real headlines. Dot Tumblr. WordPress. Dot E D U O R. Uh, guys. Do we have to buy that now? Uh, I, I I do actually. Oh, I got to figure out how to get that many. Uh, ex- what are they called? Extensions on a. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have to listen to address. that and write it down. Yeah, the whole thing. Ugh, I don't listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to hit? Any other uh, big talking points on um, Arrival? Horace Whitaker's great. He is great. Arrival. So is Stuhlbarg. Really, really cool. Stuhlbarg is the best. Yeah. Um, I just like that it was very, very, I want to say bland, um, but it's also very, but it's very crisp. Yeah. And it's very sharp. And yeah. And it takes on, I mean, what is, I, I made the precise, comparison before, maybe is? what is the Apple store, but bland? It's very bland, yeah. but it's sharp. Yeah. It's very crisp. It's very precise. Yeah. And I love the whole idea that these aliens are just, they've advanced beyond that. Right. And they're, but, and you know, their brains kind of express things intuitively, but they don't have the art that goes with the structure. Right. They we talked about this after the movie. There's a great line where and I talked about it a little bit earlier in the show, but there's a great line where they explain that the whatever language the uh the aliens are speaking is very different from the language they're writing. They yeah. do, there is not a one-to-one relationship between correlate. the two. Uh and one character at one point makes a great comment where they say I wonder if they see us as almost primitive since ours do the same thing, that we have two lines of communication that do the same thing. That's exactly why I bring it up, because our creativity would seem foreign to them. And that is our other separate line of communication. That is our other line of communication. So we're all kind of, you know, equal in that way. Right. And so then that leads into, and we we cannot not talk about this. Yes. The big word that's the big bugaboo for everybody, weapon. Oh, God, yes. Um, One of the first things that they're able to translate from the aliens is use weapon. Right. And so everyone reacts like are they going to use a weapon are they asking us to make the first move right what is this and one of the the realizations they come to is that weapon does not mean weapon it could mean it tool. could mean tool it just means some sort of functional object right and so you know it ultimately is sort of tool we have to we have to understand that the heptapods really love listening to tool yeah uh, they, yeah it's is that it's two Schism. different words two different meanings and when you don't have that conversation, a right. very innocent word like weapon, you know, a very innocent word like tool can sound like can weapon. Can sound like weapon. Fire yeah. can light the room, it can burn it down. Yeah. 
And what I love about it and what it applies is so can Facebook, so can Twitter. (laughs) We're more connected than ever. Yes. We have the tools to really do incredible communication in ways that are unheard of. And it can be applied for good. And it very oftentimes is. And I think overwhelmingly has. Yeah. But it still can be used to recede that process. Misinform. To misinform, to to burn down as opposed to light the room. As opposed to light the room. And it's unavoidable. Yep. It's a lot of fun. Yep. Um, It can be. But uh, I, I think overwhelmingly we do use it for good. But imagine if everybody used it for good as much as possible. It would ex- like the tools we have are incredible, and it's a classic it's tool weapon. And like that 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 moment where they're trying to figure that out, I think is the whole theme of the movie. I think you're right, and and it's so it's so interesting to intr- to try to apply it to social media because it's we're in this moment that is very classically human, where we discovered a new tool. Yep. That could be the greatest tool we have never been able to communicate before, like we are able to now. But it's so new, we don't really know how to use it yet, and we've accidentally stumbled on how to weaponize it. Yeah. That's like, that is a so classically human. Weapons come out of fear. We shouldn't do things out of fear. We do, and it's a necessity because right. of survival. Sometimes things get urgent. Right. But sometimes things aren't that urgent. Right. And you can you can react you can not react. You can temper. You can temper yes. yourself a little bit. Yeah, yeah. That's the whole. It's, that's that's it right there. Yeah, that is I, that is what I what I get out of arrival. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's we we don't always know right at the outset whether we mean tool or weapon or whether something is a tool or a weapon. Mm-hmm. And even if it is being used as a weapon, doesn't mean that's all it's good for. And maybe we can, if we just communicate a little more, we can figure out how to use these tools a little more appropriately. I took a class in college. It was it was a class just about the culture of Islam. Yeah. And the history of it. You know, history, art, culture. It was just like a broad class that I took. Like, ah, eh, it's probably fine. And one of the big things about it was the word jihad. Yeah. We hear that and we hear war. Yeah. And it doesn't mean war. It just means a holy journey. Yep. Sounds sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh but now now we take it to mean holy war. Right. And it's like, so yeah, it doesn't not mean holy war, but it does not mean holy war. Right. And it's this it's the same word. Yeah. You know, and so that's a that's a classic example of weapon or tool. Yep. You know, it's we can interpret it a certain way and react to it a certain way, and then it turns out to be not that a little at all. more understanding would be yeah. beneficial. Exactly. Just just listen to it. I, yeah. I love that. So good. If they they establish, oh, there's so many moments where they say that theme literally. I know. Right at the beginning when they get on a helicopter. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Renner is trying to speak to Amy Adams, and he says, "Oh, you know, he's reading out of her book," and he's like, "Blah blah,", blah. and she's, uh, uh, she puts on the headphones to block out the the rotor blades that they can hear each other and she goes i'm sorry i missed that i couldn't hear you yeah like that's the whole thing that's she the, learns what the whole hear. movie's about yeah yep. and she has to use a tool in order to heal you know she's yep. got to grab that the headphones could, could be earmuffs be yeah but yeah. it's headphones yeah yeah it's uh god i fucking love it's this so movie it's, it's so good this the there's no way we're not talking about this again before the end of the year oh yeah it's, it's gonna be uh this will i think this will be in heavy conversation mm. come come best of 2016 this is the first movie this year that I'll probably pay to see a second time. I, yeah, most of them I've I've watched, you know, after they came out, but I I might pay to see this a second I, time. I think I might as well because it's I, I want to see it again. Me too. I I want to have the conversation again because I want to get more information from it. Yes. Because I think it'll make the experience that much better. Oh my I, god, it, it's working! Exactly. Oh, exactly. It's so good. So great. So so good. Oh god. Uh. All right. So let's do these lists. These are movies about communication. Now this is a this is kind of cool. Once again, using our ability to see all time at once. <laughs> Before we had even seen this movie, we were like, "Oh, what should this list be?" And the idea came up. 
to do movies about communication. Yeah. Just thinking that Arrival was about learning right. to speak to aliens. Right. And then ended up accidentally tapping into what ultimately I mean, that is really the what that movie, movie is about. Yeah. So we wanted to talk about movies that are about uh, communication. Yes. Now, one caveat is that every piece of plot development, anytime we reach the uh, the conflict in the story, it's a miscommunication. So yes. it is uh, arguable that every movie is about communication. Yes. So uh, I just I tried to consider that I did too, uh, and I I think for the most part uh, my movies are certainly uh, somewhat specifically about communication, uh, but are not you know I, I would make arguments maybe for some of them about like yeah this is def- you know this is why I think this movie is about communication. That's, that's a great shirt, pretty so great. <laughs> what did it say? Executive produced by Executive Dick Wolf. Executive producer Dick Wolf. Yeah, uh, Garrett's uh, roommate just walked by. He was wearing a very wonderful shirt. And I can't <laughs> let it go. <laughs> Pretty good. That uh, is very, very so, uh, do you want to start? Do you want me to start? These are movies about communication. Yeah, you know what? I'll start it off. All right. Um, usually, you start. Let's. So, this is kind of the classic uh, communication movie. Yes. Twelve Angry Men. Oh, dude! How did I not think of that? Twelve. I googled it. I looked yeah. up movies for, because I was struggling to. Fit, but this one really is about communication. One hundred percent. Let's forget the fact that had he went out and bought a knife and brought it to the jury room, they would have had a mistrial. Because <laughs> that is insanely illegal Uh, but still it is about communication oh yeah in terms of when you boil it down to uh in a a court proceeding in america Mm -hmm. it is up to the prosecution to prove guilt Mm -hmm. all that is that the defense need to do is is uh provide doubt right they just have to say like it's not 100 percent. that's all you have to do um beyond a shadow of a doubt is Mm -hmm. the the term Mm -hmm. that they use so there's a communication there. You know, there's uh, the prosecution either has a really good case or they're trying to work their case to sound, to communicate to you the idea that there is no doubt. Right. Whereas the defense has to communicate to you that, that there is doubt. There is reason to doubt. And so one of the reasons why we have juries is because there are so many people to communicate. Yes. Um, they need to, ex- you know, exchange ideas. Because if you get five similarly minded people and they all go, hey, he's guilty. I mean, look at him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which has happened a lot, probably still does plenty yeah. of times, but yeah. the system is designed to do that. And 12 Angry Men is about a pretty clear-cut looking case, and one guy in the jury room has a, a seed of a, doubt. A, a seed of doubt. Yeah. And he just really wants to be convinced. And in the process of the He doesn't whole want to jury, put the wrong person away for the wrong exactly. reason. Exactly. He, he just, I, I need to be proven beyond a shadow mm-hmm. of a doubt. And the whole room is trying to just turn his vote and it's the story of him ultimately turning their votes. Right. All about communication. Yes. And all about it. and you know and it's and it's be it's literally about like you got to be open to other ideas. Absolutely. Uh, and and sort of someone might look really really guilty. Yeah. Uh, when I worked at Chili's, uh, this one guy said to me, uh, I forget what we were talking about and he said, "You know what? I'm not, I ain't going to harsh on anyone's hustle." And what that said to me was because I forget what we were talking about yeah. employment. Yeah. And he was like, I'm not hard, you know, whatever it is you got to do. But oh, harsh on anyone's hustle. Yeah. yeah that means, he yeah, was yeah, considering, yeah. like, I don't know your story. Right. I don't know why you're a waiter right. at Chili's. Right. But, but, you know, do your story. Yeah, you do you. And I, I love that. And I think yeah. that that is very much in 12 Angry Men. Yeah. This guy looks guilty, but we don't we don't know his story. Right. Let's find his story out before we before we put him away for life. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that movie is, uh, uh, I want to say, one of the first movies. Like, I saw that when I was pretty young, and it was, like, one of the first movies that uh, I remember being, like, so impressed by, like, the plotting and the sort of the way the story gets revealed through information over time. 
Uh, that, that movie is so impressive. So good. Yeah. Who directed that? Sydney Lumet. That's also thought, did yeah. Dog Day Afternoon, which ah, I just recently watched. And yeah. that's also about communication. Not on the list. So yeah, yeah, 12 Angry Men is my number five. Very what do you got? good. Uh, my number five, I guess I will give it to you. You know how I do this. I just sort of put them together as I go. Uh, Force Majeure. Ah, oh, that's the one. Uh, that which I saw is, on your list earlier. Yeah. And was just jealous a, about. just yep. a couple years ago, it came out. It's a foreign film. Uh, is it Swedish? I, I believe it's Swedish. Swedish. Uh, and it's about a family on vacation in the Alps at a ski resort. And there is what appears to be an avalanche, but turns out to just be, you know, it, it looked like it would be dangerous, but it was actually not that dangerous. Uh, but as this dangerous avalanche starts occurring, this family that's on vacation, the father figure stands up, abandons his family and runs for safety. And then the rest of the movie is about the rest of their vacation. It's sort of a dark comedy, I would say. Oh, uh, it's great. It's an Alexander Payne movie, yeah. but it's just Swedish. Yeah. Uh, it, it's about how the family now has to continue spending their vacation because it turns out this whole thing was not dangerous at all. Everyone is completely fine. Knowing that were they to be put in danger, their father would just get up, run, and not try and save them yeah. at all. And it what is What I like, though, is now he would. Yeah, 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 know? yeah. But what it ultimately becomes about is them as a family having to basically communicate with each other for the rest of that vacation. Like, they start to mistrust their father. He starts to try and explain himself. He starts to try and excuse himself. It causes miscommunications in the couple they start, they start spending time with because they start to recognize their behavior and this couple's behavior. It's all about the sort of breakdown of communication mm. amongst a family unit. And how that, that leads again. to it's so it's good. So good. It's it's really funny. It's very dark, but it's also like uh, I don't know. I almost feel like it's ultimately uplifting because you get to oh, watch yeah. this very relatable experience of a breakdown of communication. Only human. Yeah. You know, I I can't say I wouldn't run away. Right. I can't say I wouldn't stay. Right. But you know, avalanche is a real shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be in that. Yeah. It's uh, I I feel like the way. It explores communication in a very different way than Arrival, and that's mm. that's kind of why it ended up on the list for me. Is it's such a that's a really good entry. Yeah, I'm mad that I didn't get that from my it's list. It's a really that's interesting really exploration of, of communication. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a really good. It's a movie. great movie. People when should really I, I see it. I saw that at the film festival like two, three years ago. Yeah. when it First came out, and it was a. Uh, I read it was just like an avalanche. You know, called, you know, a family you know survives an avalanche, but and so I thought I was going to watch like the impossible. a disaster movie. Yeah. I thought it was a disaster movie. I didn't look into it because right. I was like, ah, I'm, I'm sure it's fine. It's yep. something neat, and it plays like one for the first like 15 it minutes. It does for a little bit, yep. but it's in that way it is similar to the arrivals that yep. I thought it was going to be that type of thing, and then it ended up just being something much more something. Dense. Yeah, yeah, so good, oh, really that's great a movie, really really good entry. Yep. All right, well, I'm about to hit you with a mediocre. One. No, this is a <laughs> cool movie. Um, it's called Carnage. I've not seen Carnage. It is Roman Polanski's uh, take on a play called God of Carnage. Okay. And all it is, it's two couples. Mm -hmm. One of them is John C. Riley and Jodie Foster. Awesome. The other one is Kate Winslet and um, why am I struggling to get his name? Christoph Waltz. Awesome. And their children have gotten into a schoolyard tussle. Okay. And so they have decided as four parents to meet up and hash it out. Uh -huh. That's the whole thing. Whoa. It's just one apartment. Yeah. That, but uh, on the one side is the John C. Riley, uh, Jodie Foster. They're kind of the more, uh, they would be wrongfully criticized as being like hippie parents. Okay. You know, they're more about the feeling and all that. Whereas Christoph Waltz and Kate Winslet are both very high-powered business mm -hmm. people. They're very straightforward, go-getting kind of things. So they have different parenting styles. Both of their parenting styles 
did lead to their children getting into a fight. <laughs> and so it's them trying to figure out you know, the, the, the hippie side, like, why? Why is this? Blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. The other side is, well, what are we going to do about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's just them hashing it out. But as they as their communication morphs, they all start acting a little bit more childish. And it becomes very clear why their kids got into a fight. <laughs> very funny, very dry. Um, I imagine it's a better play than a movie. It's a good movie, sure. but you know it's very basic material. Yeah. But it's it's just a great performance from all four of those people. I really want to see that. It's cool, Carnage. It's very simple, yeah. very fun, but it's very funny, and you'll think about it for a while because yeah. it's about communication. Yeah. And you know, uh, oh, that sounds it, really good. Carnage is cool. Yeah. yeah. That sounds cool. Uh, all right, let me hit you with another one here. Can I say Kate Winslet is hilarious? Yeah. In the movie really good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so here's one where I, I think I'm going to put it as number four because I, I might have to make an argument for this to some extent. Okay. But I put Die Hard on this list. Uh, I almost put Die Hard on my list. Die Hard <laughs> is very much about communication. It's 100% about communication. It's, it, yeah. it's all about what happens on those walkie-talkies. Yep. The whole story unfolds because of who do we actually think is on the other side of this walkie-talkie? Do we trust him? Do I trust you? Uh, how can we fake... Oh, there's even the scene where Hans fakes him out, and yep, because yep. they haven't seen each other and have only heard each other, he can do the play on the accent. Of communication. Exactly. Yep. It's, yep. It is, that movie is all about communication and how... And it's so that he can communicate with his wife. Yes! <laughs> yes! Uh, it's, you know, it's literally, he, he basically gets to use communication as a variety of things, a weapon, a tool. Mm -hmm. It's, it's about how communication can be manipulated and used for a variety of, uh, ends. What's the, the asshole guy's name? Booby. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, he uh, fails at communicating. Yes, he does. Salesman. Wait, why can't I remember his name? Elias? Elias? El I have no clue. Ellis? Ellis. Ellis. That's it. Yeah. Ellis. Hans, Booby. <laughs> but he tries to communicate, but. His communication is very one-sided. He doesn't oh, yeah. want to have the communication. Yeah. On the other side is Hans Gruber. His communication is very, very one-sided. Yep. And so and the two cut. of them try to do it, and and the only person who wants to talk it out is McLean on the walkie-talkie. Uh -huh. Don't do it, Alice. Don't do it, Alice. He's going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Die Hard almost made my list. It, so good. Yeah, that's and, a good and, one. And You it, don't have to fight at all. No, no, exactly. <laughs> made my list because I don't think that's how people think about this movie. You know what I mean? And so I felt like it was a very interesting example of this. Uh, I like it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Die Hard, number four. Well, the next one actually comes from the creator of my favorite Die Hard parody, Die Hard 12 Die Hungry. Ah. Uh, my number three is every Ben Stiller comedy <laughs> ever. Yes, uh, please. Uh, it takes no explanation for me, but give it to the crowd. At it. He's yeah. the best. Meet the Parents is, is probably the best and funniest version of it. Yes. Because he has a father-in-law yep. who struggles with communication, uh -huh. so much so that his doctor advises he writes poetry to his <laughs> dead mother to cope with it. Great. You know, uh -huh. he's... he's Trying to be good at communication, he's very closed off. He's yep. the human lie detector, so yep. he he does have intuition. Well, and he's had to keep he secrets his whole life, right? So communication secrets. is hard for him. He's like, uh, oh, now I forget what the name of the operation was, but either way, yeah. you know, Operation Quantico or whatever. <laughs> That's the FBI school. Yeah, I can't remember. He, uh, yeah. Whatever it was, but uh. Kosamui, was that it? Oh yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Something that sounds like right. That. Yeah, yeah, something like that could be yeah. from yeah, whatever. Either, that's what uh. No, uh <laughs> so yeah, so he's very bad at communicating. Uh -huh. Ben Stiller is kind of like a uh, well, you've seen a Ben Stiller movie, yeah, right? But he's, he's not like the good softer at communicating. Man. He's he's yeah. he's a little bit more communicative, and that that clashes. Yeah. But ultimately, there's all these misunderstandings, and if Ben Stiller could just explain how he, explain how we got to this moment, yeah. if, they, if they could give him 45 seconds, uh -huh. it would be fine. Yep. 
and it never happens. Nope. And then he finally has the breakdown where yeah. he's da, 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 yeah, and yeah, he yeah. does that. And it plays across all of the Meet the Parents movies. Yep. Uh, what was that one? Along with, Came Polly. Along Came Polly. Uh, um, the Heartbreak Kid. Heartbreak Kid. Just all of those Ben yep. Stiller movies. Yep. E- even the Night at the Museum. If he doesn't have a mustache on, that's what the movie's yeah, about. That's the movie. if, if it's not something like a Zoolander that yeah. he created or a Tropic Thunder that he created, right. which could be argued too, yeah. it, it it's just about him trying to communicate not being able to do it yep. and eventually exploding. Yeah. And uh, I know a lot of people who can't stand those movies, not because they're bad, because I do like all of those movies yeah, to too. some extent, but because they're frustrating to watch. Yes, and they are. And the reason it's so frustrating is because, like, it's the the feeling I felt during the bomb scene of the arrival yeah. where I was like, just fucking go! Yeah, yeah. It's that, but 90 minutes is a long time. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, 72 minutes is a long time. <laughs> It, uh, but I will say, you know, that's why uh, Meet the Parents is such a great example of it, mm-hmm. is it's a movie that sustains that that series of misunderstandings yep. for a very long time without getting so frustrating that you're like, I'm out! Yeah, you know? yeah. See, it frustrates me, but I think that's so funny. Yeah, But yeah. that's also kudos to Ben Stiller, who can oh, just work that. Yeah, you know, so great. Do. He's so, great at all that. All Ben Stiller movies. Yeah, that's so 100%. good. 100%. I love it. Uh, my next one is going to be, uh, I think this, was this last year or the year before? The Martian. Oh, uh, fuck. That's another really, really good one. Arrival, it didn't remind me of The Martian in execution or anything like that. Yeah, yeah But yeah. it had, I remember one of the big things coming out of The Martian that I think we even talked about a little bit in our, at least our end of year episode that year, uh, was the whole thing is about like the world coming together to save one person. Mm-hmm. We ultimately start working with uh, the space programs from uh, China and uh, maybe even Russia. I can't remember exactly, but it definitely at least China. Uh, and it's, which is, you know, technically sort of in our history, like almost like an unprecedented thing uh, that we start sharing information and technology with these other countries in order to do something that isn't even of benefit to us as a species as much as what Just it would good. what it would mean to do that together as a species would be meaningful for us to be that good you know well and think about the progression of the plot yeah what's the first thing oh i did what yes. has to do yeah he has, he has to, to let them know he's there yep because yep. everyone just assumes he's dead, yep. and rightfully so. He has to let them know he's there. Totally. I did then think about that. Now now that we've connected, we've got to... How do we make uh, constant you should really read the book. How do we, yeah, I do book want to. Because they get into the details of, like, how do we fix this technology to yeah. go both ways? Yeah. Okay, how do we communicate ideas? Right. Okay, how do... And it's just... Uh, he says the very last line in the movie. Yeah. He says, uh, you know, let's say you're in the situation I was in. He said, start with one problem. Yep. Fix that problem. Yep. If you can fix enough problems, you get to go home. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, because at, at any point he could have said, you know what? It's a good run. Yeah. I'm done. You know, yeah. at any point America could have been like, let's just lie and yeah. get it done with and we'll do it better next time. But everybody just wants to keep solving those problems and it's the communication. And I love the chain of events in that movie because if we're talking about you got to solve one problem to solve the next problem to solve the next problem, you get to go home. Again, paramount in those problems that need to be solved is communication. Mm-hmm. That's like that. I mean, he, you know, probably par- actually in the order of events in the movie, paramount would be the the three bases of survival. He needs shelter. He needs food. Uh, he needs to be warm, like clothed and warm. Right. Mm-hmm. Gets those things out of the way. The next thing is communication. If he can't communicate, there's no way to solve any of the other problems. Mm-hmm. He has to be able That's to communicate. The first thing. Yep. Yep. So he, it, he can't live up there forever. Exactly. Man, that that's a good ass movie. Great movie. I I look back in shame that that 
I, maybe it did make my end of year list. I, it did make your end of year list, and I it think did. it even made it higher than you're remembering right now. I'm yeah. pretty sure it was way up there. That's a good. It's movie. a great. That's movie. a really. There's actually. I'm going to throw this out there. I think it's the same author, Andy Weir, mm-hmm. wrote this incredible story that is very thematically linked to us. It'll take you two minutes to read. Yeah, it's like two pages. It's called The Egg. Okay, blow your mind. Awesome good stuff. I'll definitely it's check it very out. Very much about about hope. You should read it when we're done here. It's totally. so good. I'm into it. So good. That's uh, yeah. So that's my uh, that is my number three, The Martian. All right, number two, a home run from one of my favorite filmmakers, Michael Angels Haneke. in the Outfield. And it is the movie Amour. No, no, I don't even know who did Angels in the Open. I don't either. You said Home Run and I made a baseball joke. It was bad. Huh? It's all good. <laughs> it. uh, I've not seen Amour. Amour is good. I mean, Haneke is someone that just, like, watch everything. Yeah. Uh, cash, brutal. White yeah. Ribbon, brutal. Yeah. Uh, he's the guy who did Funny Games. Right, yeah. And then I've not seen any of his movies. Games. Yeah. All good. Yeah. All just... But, it, like, there's a certain thing you're watching his movies, and there's craft, but it's punishing. Right. But it's never punishing in a way where you're like, oh, I can't do this. Yeah. Just a really good storyteller. Amor is about a very old couple. They're mm-hmm. in their late 80s. Mm-hmm. They've been married forever. They are bonded. Mm-hmm. They are 100% bonded. You know, everyone else that, that you know, just as lives go, when you're with that somebody, that, that's who you're with. And then the woman suffers a stroke. Mm-hmm. And as a result, has lost a lot of what made her her. Gotcha. And so, like, she has a stroke, but then she kind of slowly descends into complete dysfunction yeah and so it's just the the husband working with her just trying to know knowing that it's not going to get better but just trying to stave it off and milk what he can out of it and yeah it's oh god it's, it's so heartbreaking wow. it is beautiful yeah uh, the, i forget what the actress's name was she was nominated for an oscar for it, yeah for i kind of remember this now that you're explaining amazing, it. amazing just amazing movie heartbreaking but uplifting yeah and it's just very much about as communication breaks down, the the most important thing is to just try to keep that communication. Yeah, going. yeah, and it's, to and to care. And it's wild. It, it also sounds like it relates back to Arrival in the sense that uh, you know the journey is worth it. The, oh yeah, the the experience of it all is he could is put worthwhile. Her up in a home, and and do whatever and visit her. It's gonna make no difference to her. Right. She has no clue he's doing anymore. Yeah, but he's he's not gonna do that. Yeah, it's oh, it sounds good. It's good. Yeah. It's good. It was one of those movies that was nominated. I love the director, and I was like, I can't press play on this because I just can't <laughs> do it. It's 12 Years of Slave Syndrome where you're like, oh, which yeah. you got to fucking I know, that. and I have that syndrome with it. Same thing, I know. but that one actually, same thing as a movie. Yeah. Once you start it, you're in. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. And it's, and it's worth it, and yeah. it, it is punishing, but you come out of it, you come out of it better. Yeah. I got to do it. Yeah. Amor is, is, uh, is just a beast. Yeah. Like cruel. So here's my number two, and I put this on here basically in lieu of uh, Close Encounters because I think that is one of the classic examples of that made it into my honorable mentions. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a classic example of communication, especially in an alien movie. World's End is what I put for my Mm. number two, and I did it because uh, you know it's sort of uh, it has a very similar uh thing about communication at the end i think or at least the last scene reminds me of close encounters uh in its own way but to me what is so great about world's end is it is about communication and that's very clear from the end of the movie where finally our heroes are communicating with the leader of this otherworldly population that is trying to take over the planet uh and and convinces him through conversation to leave earth alone right actually what's funny is that he doesn't necessarily convince them right but they open up to communication and the aliens are not open to communication right. yes. they're like you know what fuck this i'm yeah. out yeah and it's and like it, their it, failure to communicate is their downfall right it does lead to a sort of destructive sequence but what i really love is if you really think about it, what the movie is about 
is uh uh oh why can't I think of, oh Simon Pegg's character's uh inability to communicate. Mm. He if he were to have ever communicated to his friends how much trouble he was having, he might have been able to um help himself finally in, in ways that he really needed to. Well, he isolated himself from them on purpose. Yeah. yeah. Uh and the movie, you know, it, it's not until that final uh, when they get to uh, the nineteenth hole, which is not the final bar, oh, but the yeah. one right before <laughs> it, uh, that he finally opens up and communicates with his friends, yeah. and it's a really heartbreaking, difficult moment of communication. It's a really, really hard moment of communication. It brings me to tears almost every time I see the movie. In a movie that's very well, much Simon a comedy. Simon Pegg's a good actor. He's a really good actor. <laughs> He's really and good and so emotions. is Nick Frost. Yeah. It's it's oh, really yeah. the moment between the two of them that is so difficult. Uh, but that's why I think it's such a a great moment of communication. It's a really uh, uh, important moment of communication in a movie because it is about how difficult communication can be, but how important it is and how cathartic it is to finally communicate something that needs to be communicated to get on the other side of something. I gotta watch that again. It's it's really I'm just good. Thinking about when when is our next Edgar Wright movie coming out? I, what is, uh, I do I oh, don't even know uh, what it is. It's is Baby it? Driver, and I think it comes out next year. Is it about a baby that drives a car? Uh, it's Please. actually, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Paul Rudd is the lead, and he plays a mute that's a getaway driver. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I keep looking down at my phone because in the screen is the reflection of the Apple on uh, the back of your computer, yeah. and it looks like my phone's resetting, so I panic <laughs> like, oh shit. Oh no. Uh, get, give me your number one I feel like I've talked about this movie A hundred times yeah. on this podcast It is one of my favorite movies ever made Because it is a hundred percent Only about communication And how even in circumstances Where everything seems Utterly terrible And everything seems cut and dry Communication can lead to the truth And it's The Hunt Oh yeah uh, I, Thomas Vinterberg's uh, wrongfully Mickelson. accused pedophile movie Yeah, It's brutal that's what and I always hear about it. It's so good. The yeah. script is airtight, but the the thing that makes it so tough is that we know from moment one that Mads Mikkelsen's character is 100% innocent mm-hmm. and, in fact, is really, really good. Mm-hmm. He's a good teacher. He's great for the kids. Mm-hmm. But through a series of very understandable misunderstandings that can mm-hmm. happen to anybody, he is accused of molesting one of his young female students. And understandably, the t- it's a very small town. Yeah. The town has made their decision. Yeah. And they're on. And so it's a matter of him keeping his dignity through this, proving his innocence. Mm-hmm. But also, it, it, at the same time, the, the, the antagonists are not villains. Right. Because if this was a child of our town, we would very much We'd be on their side. Way, especially because it, it, he looks guilty. Right. It, it's... It's basically cut and dry. Yeah. And so it's through communication that they have to kind of work through it. Yeah. It is awesome. I want to see that. It It's one of those that I think that in, in a world where because of the misuse of communication, it's very easy to get into like a frenzy about things. Yeah. It's sort of a mob thing. You know, yeah. it's very easy to do that. And it's not, it's not, it's completely understandable, but we forget that with that same tool that gave us the information to get here, there, mm-hmm. there's still more information to be had. Mm-hmm. We can still get there yeah. if, if need be, but it, it, it's very much just, it makes you want to say, hey, 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 let's talk about this. Yeah. Because it's, you know, this poor guy goes through shit. Yeah. And there's really no one to kind of act on his behalf. It's, yeah. It's awesome. Is it still on Netflix? I think that's been I on Netflix it is. for it's a been while. It's forever. Yeah. 
It's it's good. Yeah. He's um Vinterberg created the Dogme ninety five with right. uh, Lars von Trier. So mm-hmm. he's the other half of that. I, I've only seen the hunt of his, otherwise what was it? Far from the Madding Crowd. Sure, yes. His yeah. like Ameri- that, but that wasn't him. That was like an adaptation of a Victorian novel. Right, Not very right, good. Right. But he's a creator of that, so he's definitely thinking thinking yeah. big. Interesting. Good movie. Uh my number one is a movie that I'm sure I've talked about on the show before. I only finally saw it in recent years. I've seen it a couple of times since because it was so, so good. It is it instantly became one of my favorite movies, and, and every time I watch it, it moves further and further up my list of just one of the best things I've ever seen Ooh. and is distinctly about communication. Ooh. The Conversation. <laughs> the Conversation so is a phenomenal movie, and it is, I mean, it, you know, uh, you could talk about it as a movie about surveillance. Uh, is definitely one way to talk about it and a very interesting way to talk about it, but uh, you could also talk about it as a movie about communication. It is literally about a recorded conversation that could get people killed. Uh, and so it's all about how the dissemination of information, uh, how we choose to receive information and deliver information, can be positive or negative, uh, can have drastic effects on well, it's things. It's like an arrival where you're saying how, you know, the words can mean different things. Yes. You know, the ultimate thing about the conversation is that we're only hearing it. It seems so innocuous. Not until you're there yeah. do you realize what is actually meant by the words being spoken. Exactly. Oh, it's so good. It's such a great movie. And it... it it's probably more about surveillance and paranoia and things like that than it is about communication. But I think communication is such a key component. I mean, it is called the conversation, and that is, you know, the 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 uh, uh, least subtle metaphor in the history of movie. I mean, it is it is very much about I mean, conversation. It is and communication. what it, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's what it's about. That's exactly what it's yeah. about, uh, and it's fucking so good people need to see this movie it's so so good it's got one of the best scores it's uh uh, it's great the sound editing is incredible it's incredible well it is uh it's famous for francis ford coppola lost the best picture for best for best conversation for (laughs) the conversation to francis ford coppola who won best picture for godfather two yes yeah that's fucking that's incredible yeah he beat himself for an oscar one of my uh one, one of my coworkers pointed out that uh that um Bill Paxton is the only actor uh, who, oh, yeah, uh, sorry, him and Lance Henriksen are the only actors who have been killed by a Terminator, a Predator, and an alien. <laughs> and it's it's true. <laughs> they've, they've been killed by them. That's pretty funny. Because Lance, Lance Henriksen shows up in Dog Day Afternoon. That's how it came up. Oh. And he's 10. Oh. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was literally about to be like, how did we get here? Yeah. Well, no, it's, it's the same thing, like... That that's a high honor. Yeah. The only higher honor is losing best yes, picture yes, to yourself. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <That's fucking> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that'll do it. That's uh, movies about communication. We recommend people see all of those movies. Right uh, off my list of uh, honorable oh right mentions. honorable mentions. I, had, I have uh, some too. Clo- I had Close Encounters. Yes, of course. Uh, which goes hand in hand with Contact. Mm-hmm. Um, but I left those out for obvious reasons. Uh, Closer. The, I've never uh, seen Closer. That's a good movie, but yeah. it's, it's a difficult watch. It's very scummy, but it's yeah. about communication. It's it's like happiness only mm-hmm. scummier. No. Uh-huh. But uh, uh, actually, this is a movie that I saw the same day as I saw Carnage, and it is Shame. Oh, yeah. Uh, 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 Fast Fassbender, Bender. yeah. Oh, excuse me. Steve McQueen, Fassbender movie, like 12 Years a Slave. He's a sex addict. Yeah. He can do whatever he wants because he lives alone. Yeah. Jack off whenever he wants, bring home whoever he wants. But his troubled sister moves in. Yeah. So now he has to communicate to her who he is uh-huh. and also kind of communicate to himself what shame is it's, yeah it's yeah. good interesting and the only other ones i the, i had little mermaid because <laughs> you know yeah i got it and then uh prisoner is an enemy oh yes yes because enemy is about a guy who 
should really talk to somebody. Yes. And he's trying to figure out his this, wife, this especially his wife. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Prisoners is another one where it is. Well, uh, Hugh Jackman yeah. is, uh, I believe it's his daughter is kidnapped and killed. Mm-hmm. And he basically believes Paul Dano did it. Paul mm-hmm. Dano is a slow guy. So he just locks him up in his bathroom and wants to torture him until he has an admission. Whoa. But he's got to, they got to communicate. Yeah. But, Paul Dano has trouble communicating because he's, I believe he's autistic in yeah. some form, so he just can't do it. Yeah. Difficult watch. Great Isn't movie. Gyllenhaal in that movie, too? Gyllenhaal is in that movie. Alcoholic Cop. It's, ah, it's, cool. It's awesome. Yeah. But, uh, and I, I still maintain, as far as I've seen, Hugh Jackman career best. Yeah. It's not my favorite movie. It's good, right. but, yeah. I want to see so that. I, I left those on there, but I, I pulled them off the list. Because yeah, of these. so here are mine. Uh, South Park, Bigger, Longer, Uncut yeah, is right straight on. up about communication. It's literally about censorship, yep. and, and, and when communication breaks down, bad yeah, things can happen. That's funny. Uh, the Prestige Ooh. is about communication. Oh, yeah. It's those journals being passed back and forth and the way these guys sort of yeah. intentionally mislead each other through communication and Tesla's information. In and he was about sharing information? Yep, yep. That's wild. Uh, old Boy is all about... Positive communication. Yep. It's about how you know they they were they. He cuts it, his tongue out. Yes, it's like all yeah. The nose. It, yep. It's it's all about communication. Uh, yeah. And uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it. North by Northwest is. I've not. I have a VHS of that. That's uh, no I way to watch it. Highly recommend it. Uh, it's my favorite Hitchcock that I've seen, and it is a classic miscommunication story. It's a it's a guy who is mistaken for someone else, uh, but he's such an arrogant prick. Uh, he basically doesn't even understand that that's what's happening. It's uh, the the main character gets caught up in this big like spy thing because somebody thinks he's someone he's not, but he's like an arrogant prick. So he's just like, "What is this? What's everybody? Can you just leave me alone? Please keep your hands off me." That's, and I he's such an asshole. Everybody's like, "This is this has to be our guy." Yeah, he's yeah, such yeah. a fucking dick. Like this has to be our guy. It's kind of brilliant. It's really good. That sounds like a comedy. Yeah, it is kind of a comedy That's actually. Funny. It's really I, fun. I always just thought it was a guy like in over his head. I had no. It, idea I mean, that was it is, but it. it's like it's because he's a prick that he's in and over. And he his runs head. from a plane. Yeah, it's That's really, it's really good. Really funny. It's really really That's good. Actually, that reminds me of. Um, and this would be a great list entry. You ever see Tucker and Dale versus Evil? Oh, yes. That would be a great that one. That would be. Because the Hicks think That's that these kids fantastic. are killing themselves. Yeah. The kids think that the Hicks are killing them. And yep. really, just people are being idiots. It's a big <laughs> misunderstanding. Yeah. That's a, Oh, that's yeah. funny. Yeah. Oh, right totally on. recommend. Yeah. So, yeah, communication, guys. Communication. Get on it. Of utmost important, if if it never was before, which it was, it certainly is now. Yep, uh, absolutely. Uh, is, it is of chief concern. Moving that 0% up to even 0.01% is worth trying. Yep. And, guys, we want you to communicate with us. Please, yes. In fact, if you wanted to do like that. I love this. This good is the best transition ever. Transitions are good for communication. Yes, they are. Uh, so take that to yeah. the bank. Uh, yeah, if you want to communicate with us, you can do so on Twitter at I Like Two Movie. You can do it on Facebook.com slash I Like Two Movie. We've got I Like Two Movie.tumblr.com yeah. and I Like Two Movie at gmail.com. We use the digit two instead of That's spelling right. two, or else everyone would think we were called I Like Two Movie because uh, you can't have that. Miscommunication. We're cleaning That's it right. up. We're y'all. trying to keep it clean. So you can do that. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Scully, Letterboxd, log on to Cinadelphia.com, uh, doing some reviews for them. Great reviews. And um, thank you. And, um, yeah, and that's that's that. I think that covers us. What do you got? That is that. I am over on letterbox.com slash filmadelphia with an F where I review every movie I watch. I'm on twitter.com slash filmadelphia. Uh, and uh, I think that's pretty much Oh, you can find me on farsightedblog.com. Yeah. You always forget to plug I always forget your Farsighted, main publication. And I love Farsighted. We, we've been doing these things called Friday Fights. Uh, I highly recommend you check them out. Uh, we uh, The whole staff watches a movie, and we just sort of throw out our ideas and 
kind of bounce back and forth off of each other. We watched something called K Shop this week where we had Ooh. like <laughs> really, really differing opinions on it. So it's a really great article because you get to read a bunch of different people have very different reactions to a movie. It's uh, it's I good. Like it's good cool. It's great communication. Reviews. It's you know, it's it's good. Uh, right, so yeah, uh, check me out over on farsightedblog.com. And uh, got anything to recommend? I, I'll tell you, I, I I don't. Yeah. Uh, if you can find it, there is an animated movie called Nova Seed that Ooh. is a Japanese-Canadian co-production that I would describe as He-Man meets Ferngully. Sold. Uh, <laughs> it is a ton of fun. It's really cool. Wait, wait. I think it's, it's called Avatar? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's an animated movie. Uh, it sort of looks like the drawings that I would have drawn on my math notebook when I was 11, which I loved about it, uh, that that's sort of the the way that it looks. Uh, it's like heavy a, metal kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool, it's cool. it's really cool. It's a lot of fun. Nice. I definitely recommend it. Oh, I want to look that up. That's yeah. cool. And then um, I would say if you have HBO Go, you can get this. It might even be on Netflix, but Paper Moon. Ah, uh, yes. For a loop. Uh, Bogdanovich film, 1973, I want to say. Okay. Ryan O'Neill. Tatum O'Neill got the youngest uh, Oscar ever when she won Best Actress. I think she was like 10. Uh-huh. Little, little baby. <laughs> uh, my, my ultimate lady crush, Madeline Kahn, is in it. Ooh. Delivers a really stunning monologue midway through. Just a good, feel-good, awesome movie. Rad. You will, you will love it. Into it. Yeah. All right, let's close this thing up tight. My name is Garrett Smith, and I like to movie movie. My name is Dan Scully, and I like to movie movie. And we all know that you like to movie movie because we, we like to movie. movie. All right.